here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome back, everybody, to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 86. And this week, I'm very pleased to be joined by a brand new guest, um, a new Voices of Wrestling reviewer, lately been handling DDT reviews on the website, uh, Thomas Fishbeck. Hello, Thomas. Hey, everyone. Yeah, I've been, uh, since the start of the new year, doing a lot of the DDT shows. I did uh, the Corkins and uh, most recently Judgment, which was, you know, a pretty good show. I know you covered it last week, but yeah, I think I like the main event better than you did, but that, you know, yeah. like a quarter star better, but, uh, I've seen, I saw you on Twitter for a long time before you started writing on voice of wrestling. You were of course at wrestling ratings on Twitter, which is yeah. a fun handle. <laughs> it's kind of cringe. Yeah. I, I keep thinking about changing it, but <laughs> it's just, it's too, it's too good. You should just go on and do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool to have you on here, and you know, you you watch like a lot of the same stuff that I watch, so it's kind of perfect since yeah, we're basically covering almost everything that I watch regularly. <laughs> like basically every promotion that um that I watch regularly decided to have a show this past week or weekend, so that was real and fun trying to keep up with all of it. But, and like big shows too, like not even like, like, oh, this is some All Japan thing I can skip. No, it's All Japan's big Yokohama show, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro's big Shinjuku face show. I mean, I guess if I skipped anything, I could have skipped New Japan, but I wish I had in hindsight for the last two. But yeah, I mean, like, it was just really, really a lot. But what are you going to, it's kind of how it goes sometimes. Yeah. I know there was a Noah show I didn't even watch, but that wasn't that big of a Noah show. I don't think so. it. I don't think it made tape yet, but oh, it did make tape yet. Okay, yeah. Well, um, I did. Yeah, that was going before we get into all those shows, I mean, we have a million, so we can't spend a long time on this. <laughs> but once I have, whenever I have a new guest, and I like to try to ask them like, what's their background in wrestling and 
how they got into all this wacky stuff. So um, I guess go ahead. What's your background in wrestling? How'd you get into wrestling and like and Puro more specifically? Uh, I got into wrestling actually through like wrestling video games. So uh, I'm a big, I'm a pretty big sports fan, and so. I had been watching uh, like a sports YouTube channel for video games, and they happened to also play a, a wrestling game. Uh, and so that's how I got into wrestling. And then I think the Okada-Tanahashi match from like Wrestle Kingdom 9, it was the first of the two that they did back-to-back. Uh, that got me into New Japan and then, you know, kind of the natural progression through there to the rest of like Japanese wrestling. And uh, yeah, now that's like the main thing that I watch. I still watch... You know, I watch a lot of stuff, but that's the stuff that I enjoy the most, at least. Yeah. I mean, are you like me? Are you almost on hashtag Puro only? Because the only thing I the only thing I really even make, you know, like I watch the occasional WWE pay-per-view and that's really about it, other than Japanese wrestling. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, I had like, of this year, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and watch a lot of stuff. And then, you know, I was like the Royal Rumble and then two Evolve shows. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. So. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I mean, people, um, you know, they, I, the American Indies, I just, I can't do it. It's just not, never interesting to me. I try, I try. I really do try, like, at least a few times a year, and it's just never good. Yeah. So. I still, like, I, I try to seek out things that people recommend, but, you know. Yeah. But, anyway, you ready to get into the uh, the first show here of, like, yeah. 15 that we have <laughs> sure now we we actually unlike kenny omega we were respectful we waited until the roman thing was over even though this is a live streaming i can't believe he did that that was just like the funniest fucking shit it's like i'm sure people i i, I don't know if he did it like did he do it on purpose or did he just have is he that fucking oblivious uh, <laughs> yes. to, to WWE that he just had no fucking idea Roman Reigns was coming out at that moment to announce his fucking fight with cancer? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm like, stream, everybody, Twitch.tv. Yeah. yeah. I I I just I really hope he's just oblivious. I really hope. <laughs> I'm sure it probably is that, but it's, just, it's really funny either way. And like, and then he gets, he's probably like, "What is everybody quote tweeting me about Robert Reigns?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is very. Uh, he's he's a full time gamer. I mean, he's not he's not wrestling anywhere until the end of May. That's why when when people were like yelling about uh about Kenny and Mia Hara the other day, I'm like, Kenny Omega is a gamer right now that is all he is he's not had a single match since january 4th and he will not have one presumably until fucking memorial day weekend so why are we talking about a, a, a famous gamer like he's not a he's not a wrestler for three more months but uh, are you gonna watch that AEW show i guess <laughs> i mean i'm i'm gonna i don't know <laughs> if they try to get get like I don't know sixty five dollars for it or some bullshit, I'll probably fucking steal it. But oh, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I watch yeah. it for the OWE guys. How about mm-hmm. that? <laughs> pocket pocket Adam Page could be good. I just I don't know. Do you do you care about Kenny and Jericho again? I can't say I, that I do. I was just thinking about that, like. When you were talking about he's gonna have a match in May, I was like, I was trying to rack my head. He was basically I was like, oh yeah, it's Chris Jericho, and like I feel like that match has none of the buzz that it should have. I mean, I'm sure once we get closer, it will, but as of right now, I feel like that match is like, oh, they're doing Kenny Jericho again. Maybe it's just my bubble, but 
Yeah, I just no, I didn't really see any buzz about it either. I assume like like the, your hardcore elite perverts are probably into it, <laughs> but I just can't. Like it, I saw the press conference where they're just like, eh. But whatever. It's not what we're here to discuss. I just thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just in the middle of all this Roman stuff. Come see my Twitch stream. I don't even know what the fuck he's streaming. I was about to ask you that. Like, yeah, yeah, me, what, let, the, what does he me, play? I, try assume, I guess Street Fighter, right? I, it must be. That's what I would assume. But yeah. Well, <laughs> twitch.tv slash <laughs> being really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, he's playing. He's playing Apex Legends. I don't even know what that is. So I think it's like the third version of PUBG. Okay, I, I don't. I I sort of know what that is. I'm not <laughs> not really it hip on the fucking gamer no. <laughs> these days. Like you know, trying to, the, I, la- the only game I play is Sound Voltex. So I've seen that on your Twitter quite a <laughs> yeah. bit. My I played Advanced Wars Dual Strike. I'm yeah. it's like if it's if it's old and or Japanese, I might have played it. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. I guess let's get into these shows we're actually here to talk about. We'll start with the Giant Baba Memorial Show. Um, which, what do you think of the show overall? I had a great time at this. This is like, you know, just such a fun kind of show. Like we're just you have a million guys for a million promotions. Just a just a real fun time. It was like maybe one of my favorite shows of the year so far. I think if you're like just judging it from a work rate perspective, it definitely wouldn't reach that. But in terms of just like the novel concept of like seeing like the two Nomuras like go up against each other in the main event, you have like Tanahashi and Miyahara, like just that, just having that was just incredible. And it, it was so much fun to watch. Yeah, definitely yeah. with you on that. Um, let's go through the card here. Let's see what's uh, the opened up with cage the, match. Yeah, the cage match is working, thankfully. Yeah, um, they claimed 8,800. I'm not sure. I mean, they, they're not a company, you know, and they're not like they easily could have exaggerated. So I'm not sure how accurate that was. I mean, the new thing now with like New Japan and DDT and most of the companies is to report accurately. Mm-hmm. But either way, I mean, if, you know, if they claim 8,800, I would assume at worst it did like five to six K. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, do you, do I mean, you it know- seemed like the crowd was. Sorry. Uh, do you know if New Japan did? Does New Japan like normally sell at Sumo Hall? Um, yeah, pretty much. You know, either sell out or come close. It depends on the setup too. Like they ha- they either use uh, you know, two per box or four per box. So that could change mm-hmm. the definition of what a sellout is. But um, I think like what what the hell did Camp Pro Wrestling do? Like ninety two? I don't think that sold out, but I okay. think it, you know it was close. Um, it depends on the setup. I think if if you do two per box, I think a sellout is like with without a stage. I think the sellout is like ninety five, and if you do four per box, I think it's like eleven. That that sounds about right. I don't think yeah. I've seen it go much higher than eleven. And then like DDT set up at the stage, and they don't they don't even open the entire top part. Like they consider that sellout like I think like six thousand. So okay. depends on depends on who's running it and what the setup is. It's a really cool building. Um, definitely recommend getting there if you, you know, the listener has a chance. It's just probably my favorite building I've ever been seen wrestling in. But, um, but yeah, it seemed like the crowd was pretty full here. 
Um, they were really hot. Yeah. Yeah, all night long. They were like really, really into it. It was, it was a very old school Puro crowd, I think, because it had that same kind of heat to me as you would see on like an older Puro show. Um, so it opened up with that Battle Royal, uh, mm-hmm. which ended up being won by Mitsuo Momoda. This was, you know, wacky fun. Great uh, stalker Chikawa was in it. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, I was very mad that Masao Inoue didn't get his awesome theme song, but what are you going to do? I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this thing? <laughs> Not really. I, I did want to note uh, Abdullah Kobayashi dressed up as Abdullah the Butcher, who was retiring later in the show. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, he always dresses as him, basically. Well, but it was it was a bit more uh, defined, I guess. Right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it would, it makes sense. I mean, his yeah. whole gimmick is based on him. Uh, after that, we had uh, Naoi Nomura, Ren Narita, Honma and Yuji Okabayashi beating Daichi Hashimoto, Kazushi Miyamoto, Takuya Nomura, and Tomohika, uh, Tomohiko Hashimoto. It's only one about eight and a half minutes, so not a lot of time for an eight-man tag. First of all, what the fuck was up for Kazushi Miyamoto? Like, he looked like fucking Japanese Scott Steiner, and, you know, <laughs> I promise you he did not used to look like that. He looked. He came out just like exactly like Scott Steiner in this movie. He had like the he had like chainmail too, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, during his entrance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess that must be what he's doing on like the very very scummy. I mean, he wrestles, I think, for such a low level indies that like it usually doesn't even make cage match. But he's such an interesting guy. I mean, I don't know if you know you know the whole backstory with him, but either way, I'll, I'll tell it really quickly for our listeners. Uh, yeah, the only thing he shows up on is, like, A-Team, which is, like, you know, that's, like, a fucking offshoot of, uh, God, what the hell is it called? Like, WW. Um, you know, basically the FMW lineage. Okay. Uh, he's on the toast. He's been on the Kawada produced shows and, like, a lot of other wacky and, like, I think a lot of stuff that just doesn't make t- cage match because it's so tiny. But, yeah, he was, like, a really interesting guy because he was, he started out as, like, this, an all-Japan prospect and debuted in 2001. Um you know, he had a long, like, 03 through 05, he showed up a lot in the States. Um, I saw him live in Ring of Honor Final Battle in 2003. He, he was a tag team with Honma uh, called Turmeric Storm. They lost to CM Punk and Colt Cabana at that Final Battle show. You know, teenage John got to see that, so that was cool. And then he showed up, you know, in a lot of other promotions. You know, he showed up at Impact. Uh, he showed up again in Ring of Honor in 2004. Um, you know, just kept showing up lots of places in 2005. And then 2006 is where things went wrong for him, basically. He was like this big All Japan prospect, and they basically convinced him to leave All Japan because this was, um, you know, the period where All Japan was run by Keiji Muto, obviously, the, you know, the um, pro wrestling love era of All Japan. And basically what you had was a a bunch of the all japan guys you know not even a bunch a few all japan guys left and he was the biggest name by far and formed this new company called pro wrestling king's road which was basically supposed to be um you know like a we're gonna get back to what all japan's really supposed to be the problem is no one gave a shit first of all i mean kazushi miyamoto he was like a prospect but he didn't have any cachet, you know, like he couldn't be the, the headliner at that point. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the idea was, I think that they, they went off, broke away and they were going to like, it was setting the stage for Kawada and Kawada never showed up. It's a problem. 
I mean, Kawada just was fucking doing his thing, singing and hustle, and he didn't give a shit. So he never showed up in this King's Road thing. And, you know, the main event of the first show, Genichiro Tender against Miyamoto, I think that first show did okay at Corrigan. But then the, after that, they had four more shows, and just that was it. They were they were done within six months. I mean, their, their first show was January 2006, and their last one was July. And, you know, by that point, they were running Kizawa Town Hall for a three-match show. So, nice. Yeah, it was not a, not exactly a the stuff of legends that promotion. So so basically, at that point, he he ended up kind of blackballed from major league Japanese wrestling. Like he never made more than you know he made four appearances for New Japan here, one appearance in 07, you know, six for Noah. The only big run he got, you know, like since then is when Russell one weirdly brought him in as the Japanese million dollar man. And I had him do this like weird Ted DiBiase ripoff gimmick, but even that only lasted like 12 matches. I think I might've seen some of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, it was a really weird thing. It didn't really work, but yeah, he just basically never got a shot. So he, he picked the wrong time to walk out of all Japan. He bet on the wrong people and he just never got another chance in a weird way. I mean, that could have been Shibata. If Shibata, I guess, didn't have better connections because Shibata did the same shit. Yeah. We walked out of New Japan and went to Big Mouth Loud, which did, you know, was also, I mean, it was more successful than King's Road. And the shows are very watchable if you go back and watch them now. Whereas I don't know if anyone's watching King's Road, if the the tapes even exist. But Big Mouth Loud still, you know, closed down pretty quickly, was a failure. And, you know, Shibata, if he hadn't, I guess, gotten in with Sakuraba and formed Laughter 7 and everything, he could have been, you know, similarly blackballed. But I don't know, maybe it still would have been okay because it was connection to uh, to Kenta and Noah and all that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting to think about. So that's the story of Kazuki Hashimoto. And he was on this, sh- on this show in an eight-and-a-half-minute eight match. I wasted a lot of time talking about him. But I, find that I, I used to like the guy really, you know, quite a bit in – his young all Japan days. I've always, it's been a name that always interested me, but he's never really got another shot. Uh, anything else from this match stick out? Not really. Okabayashi and Nomura had a lot of stretch, like a big closing stretch towards the end. And this is like, I think at least that I've seen their third tag match where they've, uh, where Nomura's taken the submission from Okabayashi. So I wonder if big Japan could be building to like a cool singles match there. Cause I love both guys. So that'd be really fun. Yeah. Uh, match three, Suzuki Goon. Oh, not Suzuki Goon, sorry. First, the bunkhouse death match. Uh, Onita, Hideki Hozaka, Hideki Suzuki, and Kendo Kashin beat defeating great Kojika, Hikaru Sato, Mitsuya Nagai, and Suji Ishikawa in just under seven minutes. Um, again, fun while it lasted. You know, we got to see designated table pile driver victim. Um, you know, Sato go through the table, and I just like that Hideki got the pin in the middle of this fucking crazy street fight. Just double arm suplex the guy and pinned him. <laughs> it's like in the middle of all this shit. He's like, "All right, let me hit my move. We're done." And you have like uh, a seventy-six year old in this match taking an unprotected chair shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, great coaching is just whatever. He's gonna do whatever he wants. I don't know how that dude's alive. At some <laughs> but but yeah, this was fun again. I mean, I, I feel like I broke. I'm just it's a seven minute match. What it's fun, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, then we had Taichi, Taka, and Kanemaru representing Suzuki Goon, defeating Masafuchi, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, and Yuma Aoyagi in 9.43. So this got a little more time in the last one at least. First of all, I don't know how you can watch this and not 
come away with like Taichi as a huge star. Even oh. like on a show where a lot of the current guys weren't getting big reactions or the big reactions were reserved for, you know, the legends, which makes sense because it's an older fan crowd probably. Like Taichi got a huge reaction coming out and the crowd was like all into that gimmick, you know, getting on him every time he go after Kawada and stuff. So, I mean, Taichi is a superstar now. If you don't, if you don't see it, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like, um, sorry, can I jump in for a sec? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so like, crowd reaction to me is like a really big piece of like an enjoyment to a match, especially when you're like on an undercard, like, and they're kind of almost going through the motions. Like, when a crowd is like really hyped for a match, like they were here, like the heat on Suzuki Gun and Tai Chi, especially here, was just awesome. Like, it was yeah. crazy. Um, I did like also Miho Abe trying to hit on Fuji and Fujiwara, and they're both like, <laughs> "We don't have any Viagra, get go away!" <laughs> like they both just completely no sold her. Um, and they were like these cool little callbacks too, which I thought like Taichi and Aoyagi singles match from All Japan in the Sumo Hall, you know, more than a year ago now. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty cool. Like it just felt like Taichi was treating him like a young boy again, but Aoyagi was not standing up for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Taichi, Taichi at one point I think got more heat for just grabbing the the ropes and not letting uh, Fuji drop kick him than like most every heels will get all year. Uh, like was, the crowd was so angry at him for not taking his fucking drop kick, like, and then he uses a low blow to beat an old man. <laughs> it was awesome. Just the like kicking him in the nuts in a small package, like. He's like, Ref, look over there. All right. He's like, I could, I could hit a move on a real move on Fuji and pin him, but I'm just gonna do this because I'm an asshole. Oh, I love Tai Chi. Um, then we had the three way tag match: Lij, Bushi, and Sonata beating Sweeper, Jake Lee, and Koji Iwamoto, and Ayato Yoshida and Shota Umino. Uh, went about eight minutes. Bushi and Bushi and Sonata did absolutely nothing. First of all. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Did Bushi ever even get in the match? I think he might have. I don't know. Um, first of all, and then second of all, I guess Yoshida really like went after Jake Lee. Like he was beating him like he owed him money. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was fun. I made a note of those exchanges. Like that was Yoshida and Jake Lee. Like I've never been the biggest Jake Lee like fan, at least in recent years. But like those exchanges were just awesome. And we'll talk about Jake Lee later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, and I knew that him getting stuck in the paradise lock for like a million years was coming because I saw lots of people complain about it, you know, days earlier. But I still, I still laughed pretty hard. It was funny, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it was good, good match, you know. Just like I said, Sonata and Bushi didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, then Jinsei Shinzaki and Naomichi Marufuji beat Masaki Mochizuki and Shun Skywalker. Went almost exactly 10 minutes. Um, yeah, this was like a three-and-a-half-star match. Yeah, so, I gave it the same thing. Yeah, it was... Uh, I just... It was going really well, and then Marafuji and Mochizuki like, really fucked up the roll-up finish, and the cameraman like missed the ref's first count, so it looked like they only counted two instead of three. So that wasn't good, but everything before that was good. Uh, Jinsei Shinsaki, I don't know how the fuck this 100-year-old man is still doing these rope walks and Everything perfectly, but cartwheels, cartwheels. He's just fucking awesome. Yeah, like someone also noted, like Skywalker. I don't know if you have seen this, but he's challenging Pac next for the for the uh, open the dream gate. So Mochizuki actually took the pin here, which was I was kind of surprised at, but it, it makes sense given that Skywalker's challenging next. Yeah, um, 
it's you know it makes it you're right it does make sense and it was still it's still really weird to say obviously mm-hmm. just not not used to mochizuki taking falls but, but yeah he and shum are awesome here everybody was awesome it's good match uh then we had burning wild jirakiyama and takio omori and taiokeya defeating osama nishimura satoshi kojima and yuji nagata um first of all it's great to see nishimura reuniting with his fellow new japan third gen dads it's like the long lost Muga dads here. Um, I didn't know what Muga meant when I first watched New Japan many, many years ago. And I just learned that vocab word in, in Japanese a few weeks ago. It means like selflessness. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like another unless it's like another word that with the same exact reading, which is always possible in Japanese. But it makes sense when you think about his wrestling style yeah. and everything. Um also I thought Tayoke looks really weirdly like Ryback, like facially now and it, it was like freaking me out let me pull up a picture real quick he looks really like really close to ryback but again only only facially okay you know what uh, you know what i could definitely see that yeah um but this was fun you know it's six dads having it out yeah wasn't like wasn't gonna blow anybody away but i had a good time mm-hmm. that's pretty much what i would say yeah uh, the Lucha Tag, the ancient Luchadors, Dos Caras and Mil Meskers defeating Kasayashi and Osawa Rangai, 11.06. Uh, was old people doing dives. What do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm not, not a big Lucha person anyway, so I can't really tell you like much. Of, like the, the fact that they're legends and all that is a little lost on me, and it was just kind of there for me. The crowd the crowd really loved it. Though. Yeah, the crowd loved it. I mean, it, worked, it definitely worked. But. Yeah. It was fun, at least. I can tell you that much, you know. It was fun. Uh, and then the main event, here was the thing on the show that blew me away. I was a little, I've seen a lot of different takes on this. I've seen people say it was an awesome match, and I've seen people say, like, on the Voice Wrestling flagship, that it was kind of just a match. I'm definitely on the side of it was awesome. Uh, Daisuke Sekimoto and Kento Miyahara defeated Yoshi Tanahashi and Yoshitatsu in 24-24. Um, I went four and a quarter on this. I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, just, it, you know, the Tanahashi Mihar exchange did feel super special to me. I know yeah. some people it may not have, but if you've been watching both those guys for a long time, it just, and, I, and the crowd was so into it that like when they were in there together, it just felt like such a big deal. Um, and then when Sekimoto came in, obviously too, he just was, you know, he's been amazing all year and just, continued it and just really cleaned house um you know and it, it was a he was a presence too and yoshitatsu held up his end of the bargain too can't complain yep. about nothing with him he, he's always he's been good in tags for a while and you know, i know people who don't watch anything but new japan will be a little surprised but he was good um but yeah i mean like sekimoto at one point one of my favorite spots was just hit when he just caught tanahashi on a dive and just like slammed him right down yeah. the floor i, um, I mean that spot yeah and I don't know. It just felt like Tanahashi did a lot more in this tag than I expected him to do. I I kind of thought, like you know, a lot of the new, a lot of the current guys had it in neutral, but these four clearly went out there, like all playing to have an awesome match. I think they succeeded. So yeah, Tana. I saw like a, some tweets beforehand. I didn't watch the show live that Tanahashi like he wasn't putting in all the effort, and I didn't see that at all. Like he seemed like he was all good for this match. Yeah, I don't know what people were talking about. Um, but this is the kind of thing where like I was ready to call this a great show even without like a four star plus match, but then they just had one anyway, so it was a really great show. 
And then Kento and Yoshitatsu, like the uh, the closing stretch in this match was awesome. I mean, they were, I think they were tag champs at one point in all Japan. I know they have teamed together for a while and then they've had a few matches in the Royal Road. And I just thought the closing stretch was really, really great stuff. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. I thought it was a, I, I thought overall awesome match. Did you give this a rating? Oh, I should, I should, I should mention, I mean, at wrestling rating. So I have to rate everything. I, I gave it four and a half. So I loved oh, it. Wow. It was yeah, awesome. even, even higher than me. Wow. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was awesome too, and I'm I was pretty uh, I was pretty happy with it. So, um, great show, great match. I think I'm behind, man. If you're if you really want to see like, you know, the only thing that's an, that's worth watching as far as like an awesome match is obviously the main event, but the entire show was really fun. I mean, yeah. even like the Abdullah ceremony was fun. Oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, so let's move then over to New Japan. They had three straight Corkins. Oh my uh, gosh. I think we'll kind of blow through these because there there wasn't a ton uh of interesting stuff. But the the first show, I I, I, I you know it. going yeah, going in, you know, I kind of thought like I sent the question to the Super J Cast last week, like being like, is it crazy to be more in a New Japan road than Honor Rising? And I, I'll be fair, you know, I don't really watch Ring of Honor. I don't really care about any of the people they brought over. Um, you know, it's not just not, obviously just not my thing. And, you know, I, I really did not enjoy Final Battle at all when I went. And, you know, it's just not a, not a roster that I go to. Even, even with like the the newer people, which it, all they, basically all the interesting wrestlers on their roster that would have been fun to see interact with New Japan guys like Bandito and PCO and you know even like Mark Haskins or Tracy Williams or something like they're all not here because of visa stuff apparently. Mm-hmm. So it's like apparently. Well, who apparently who the fuck knows really? But that's what PCO said. Everybody's just taking his word for it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like I just don't. I don't care about seeing the Briscoes in New Japan for the 10,000th time. Like, you know, it was fine the last 10,000 times, but I don't really need to see it again. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that when we go show by show. The but New Japan Road, yeah, New Japan Road, I was excited for that going in, and I think that mostly delivered. Um, I'm just scanning through the undercard to see if there's anything interesting here. Uh, well, match three, which was awesome. Uh, Yuji Nagata and Shota Amino losing to Tomio Ishii and Yoshihashi. Really, the only thing wrong with this was that we had to see that fucking butterfly lock, which is like one of my least favorite finishers in wrestling. But it was still awesome. I think I gave this three and a half, so I really yeah, loved it. Yeah, that's exactly what I gave it to, yeah. Um, very good show. A very good match, I mean. Yeah. And obviously laid the groundwork for, you know, the Nagata Ishii thing, you know, that was supposed to happen in the USA. Um. It, you know, it's going to happen in the first round of the New Japan Cup. Maybe that would have happened anyway. Maybe they would have had a rematch and kept it going. But either way, that's mm-hmm. a hell of a first round match. So it should be fun. Um, match something four. I'm just noticing. One sec. Yeah, some, something I'm just noticing is like of the seven matches on this card, five of them were 2v2 tags. So that was like fun to see, you know. Yeah, I mean, Japan. instead of doing like multi, multi-mans all the time, it was an interesting little thing. Um, Sho and Yo beat Desperado and Kanemaru in 12-12 with a 3K. Um, you know, pretty good little condensed version of the usual match. But the big thing was the post-match with Shingo and Bushi coming out and adding more heat to that Shingo Bushi versus uh, Rapungi 3K junior tag title match. I yeah, did good- wa- Sorry. I did want to mention um, when Kanemaru hit the deep impact, like, 
I was really worried for half a second that they were going to make the anniversary match another three-way. I mean, it would be, like, really up Gato's alley. He fucking loves it, so. But, no, they did the right thing here. Um, Taguchi and Goto team together was kind of cool, I guess. It's not really that big a deal, though. Uh, man, mm-hmm. Well, match six, Tanahashi and Osprey beating um, Killer Elite Squad. This was, you know, aggressively fine, I guess. It didn't really yeah. stand out in my mind, but a little surprising to see Osprey pin Davy Boy because, I, you know, I was wondering what the hell they were going to do with this, uh, you know, with this kind of, with this these four guys, because really none of these four guys take pins very often. So, you know, they went with Davy Boy getting pinned. But Dave Boy was gigantic. I think other people have noticed this, but he was like enormous. <laughs> Taking them vitamins, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not an Osprey hater, but you could just tell the difference in the crowd. Like when Tanahashi tagged in, it was just like the roar that you just hear. It was kind of crazy to hear. Yeah, I'm not a. I don't know if people consider me an Osprey hater or not. I, I like to consider myself Osprey neutral. <laughs> You know, he, he there's sometimes where he impresses me. There's sometimes where I wish he would like fucking stop screaming for the love of God, just stop screeching. But you know, he's he's fine. I don't really doesn't really bother me either way. But he did block me on Twitter. But it was just, I guess I wasn't. I guess saying uh, like taking a poll on when he'd be back was just against the rules. So, um, and they're doing the main. They're, oh, sorry, go ahead. They're, do, they're doing him and Jay White at the anniversary show, I saw. Yeah, so do you realize that that was supposed to be him and Kenny Omega? Kenny oh, my God. Because <laughs> Jay White took it. Like, it took me a few minutes, like, a few hours after that anniversary show card came out, and that was the main event. I was like, the fucking main event of the anniversary show was supposed to be Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Like, Twitter would have melted the I, fuck down. I never made that connection, and my mouth is just opening right now. Just imagining <laughs> Twitter during that match. Yeah. Well, just when that's announced, they would have just like, yeah, it would have been like the mother of all meltdowns when Will challenged Kenny. But I mean, I, you know, obviously, I, I'd rather see Will and Jay White. It's a cool little fresh match. And, you know, I don't mind Jay White really. And I was very sick of Kenny by the end of his run, but not, not breaking news there. But I mean, like, just, I, I, I'm, there is a part of me that just kind of wanted, like, wishes I could see the alternate universe where that's the main event and just see the chaos. But, um, but anyway, so the main event of this show was the Takashi Izuka retirement match. Uh, Tenzan pins Izuka in twenty two fourteen at the Moonsault Press. Uh, I thought this this entire thing was awesome. I mean, this the whole thing is a package. Bringing out Nogami, first of all, who doesn't really Ooh. do that many uh, that many uh, shows on commentary anymore, just so Izuka could rip him dude one more time. Um, that was crazy, and. You know, I just it. I'm impressed by their balls, honestly. I mean, I think I I, j- I joked about the idea of having Izuka just fucking rampage in the sunset, and I did not think for a second they would actually do it. And the fact that they just were like, "Yeah, you know what? He's gonna go out as he lived." It's like he. Most of the people watching never saw him. You know, pre Wild Man gimmick. He's been doing this for you know, not people say eleven years, not quite eleven years. If you go back and watch that, uh, they put up the Tenzan Izuka, um, the the chain match from like right after Izuka turned. Even though he has the look, like he has the shaved head and the beard, he's not really doing the wild man thing yet. Like he's still wrestling like a normal wrestler. So 
I don't know exactly when he transitions to Wild Man. I've seen people say like maybe like oh nine or even like as late as twenty ten, but you know it's definitely been a long time either way. So he's been doing this gimmick forever. Um, you know why not just like let it let it let him end like that? You know, and you know I I know some they like the fans wanted that happy ending so badly, and they just were like we're just not going to give it to you. We're gonna. You know, this is what this is the the real happy ending is Izuka finally managed not to betray anybody. I mean, this is the first Yuda he hasn't betrayed. He betrayed, you know, he first of all he betrayed Tenzan and Yujin Tag to join GBH. Then he betrayed Makabe and Homa to form chaos with the rest of the ex GBH members. Then he betrayed Chaos to join Suzuki Goon. And you know, you could argue maybe that he finally found his his group of people. You know, he spent five years with Suzuki Goon since 2014. You know, he he stayed loyal to his boys. He didn't turn on them, and you know, hit Taichi or Suzuki with the iron fingers. He just he stayed with uh, he stayed with his boys. He find the great betrayer, as they apparently was his nickname. He finally didn't betray somebody and just decided to stay with uh, Suzuki Goon. So in a weird way, that is the happy ending. But um, it was really funny when he like rampaged off afterwards and like he goes up into the crowd and Taichi grabs the mic and basically says, uh, hey, do you, do you know that you're retiring? What is going on? And he just keeps rampaging. And then Suzuki grabs that bell and just starts ringing it ten times. Ten times, yeah. And then at the very end, he starts ringing like, ding, 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 like really fast. Like, it's over. Fuck you. Basically, what he's doing, and then he leaves, and it's just such a great moment. Like I rewatched him ringing that fucking bell like five times because Minoru Suzuki is just amazing and shit like that. And it was just such a like crazy moment. When have you ever seen a retirement ceremony like this? Never in wrestling history, you know. I can't think of one. (laughs) So it was just incredible, and I, you know, for all the complaints that New Japan is like super predictable. And never does anything different, or blah blah blah. I mean, they they gave you something different. So don't. What do you complain about if you're complaining? What do you think? And then <laughs> I, I love the bait and switch at the end of the match, where uh, or after the match, where uh, Izuka and Tenzan just like shake hands, and then he, uh, Tenzan gets bitten. Like I love that. <laughs> and then Tai Chi took the iron gloves. Oh, that was yeah. beautiful. But uh. But yeah, I don't know. Did you see so you? Did you enjoy this too? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it, was I, it was it was great. And uh, I should note, Tai Chi main eventing over a uh, saber, and they had both of them on the card. So That's interesting true. bit in uh, the Suzuki gun pecking order. Yeah, tai Chi Tai Chi is now a star. And I'm glad people realize it. So, I mean, look, I I actually wonder like that that you know, even though Night doesn't really get more credit. Like doing sixty one hundred fans with Naito and Sapro, that has to get him something. Like that has to be like at least a little bit of an eye opener to to the office and stuff, you know? I mean that's that that did better than the last two years. Did better than Kenny J. White in the same building. It did better than Okada Suzuki when that was, you know, a, a heavyweight title match and still only one show. I mean, you know, I mean part of it's New Japan is uh just kind of on a roll when it comes to selling tickets, but like you know, at the very least, clearly Taichi wasn't a turn off to the crowds, you know. So, but yeah, I think I think maybe that that might have helped in standing a little bit. 
Um, I hope I hope Taichi gets like a run to the, at least the quarterfinals in the New Japan Cup. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I think he's probably gonna go out in the semi in the, or the second round, based on you know who he'll probably end up against. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, after that, the two honor rising Japan shows. I will be up, just be up front with the list. <laughs> I didn't. I did not enjoy these shows. I know some people did. You know our reviewer, uh, you know Sean Sean Cedor on Voice of Wrestling. He liked them. You know he's a Ring of Honor fan. He, he I, I presume he likes a lot of this talent. Um, I just wasn't really into any most of it. Like the best stuff was night one through the like beginning. yeah through the third match, which by the way had the least to do with with Ring of Honor. Um, but you know, like that that's basically all the best stuff on these on, on these entire two shows. You can watch the first three matches of, of night one, and you will have seen the best this weekend had to offer. So let's go through it. Red Narita and Marty Scroll, eleven thirty-three. Uh, Narita wins with the crossface, or I mean, of course, Scroll wins with the crossface chicken wing. Um, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, I, you know, I usually am not a big fan of Scroll, but I thought he was pretty decent here. I like this, but I mean, Red Narita is just like, you know, he in the last, I want to say like two or three months has gone from a guy that's like, yeah, decent little young line to like, if you want to sit here and tell me he's better than Umino, I might believe you. And maybe that's kind of a hot take, but I I think Naruto is like just incredible now. So I think when Skrull like actually takes things seriously, it can be pretty good. Like the Skrull and Osprey match, I think that might have been my favorite New Japan match, like not involving any Japanese wrestlers in like the past three years or something. Last yeah, year, remember really that match? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're talking about Sakura Genesis, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was really, I think I went four and a half on here. That was really good. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's decent. I think I went like three and a quarter or something. It's pretty good for you. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. I think that's exactly what I gave it to. Um, Umino and Sabre. This, I went like a legit three and three quarters. This was fucking awesome. Um, 1356, Sabre went with the modified knee bar. They, I mean, they told a very simple story where Zach, you know, basically was like, uh uh-huh, this young lime fuck. And Umino just like out wrestled him at the start and just, you know, he had for a while had him in like a full Nelson and, and Sabre just like could knock it out, which is great. Um, but yeah, this is just this is fucking great. Like, what else is there to say? Yeah, I mean, Umino is clearly like gonna be pushed as a top star. And you know, when you look at stuff like this where he's getting to look so good against Zach, but you know, he's very good, he's very good so far. So let's hope it continues. I mean, Sabre in this match, he does like the the Good old uh, young line Boston crab, but he turns into like a half crab and just wrenches the leg back. It was awesome. I yeah. went, I went four stars on this. It was one of my favorite young lines matches in like the past few years. Like I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, after that match number three, Jushin Liger and Jonathan Gresham against Taiji Shimori and Robbie Eagles. Um, you know, this was I watched this on a on a you know, on a train to New Jersey, unfortunately. And I watched um, this, uh, like a car to North Carolina. So <laughs> but, like I had to stop myself from like screaming in the middle of this train. Cause it was just such a great moment. So, I mean, it starts with Jonathan Gresham and Roddy Eagles and Gresham, like, you know, gets to look like a million bucks and Corkin loves you know, him. Corkin loves him. I mean, New Japan fans really do appreciate some good technical wrestling. So, you know, they don't always get it from <laughs> from some of the native roster. So, like, they really were into this. And, you know, 
They were really into Gresham, you know, uh, out wrestling e- Eagles. And they tags in Liger. Eagles tags in Taiji. Liger gets co- ground Cobra Twist hold. One, two, three. I mean, just fucking awesome. Just and one of those moments where, like, you know, you're just so glad you weren't spoiled. You're so glad you had no idea it was coming. And the, the crowd is just, like, going ballistic. Taiji is, like, losing his mind in, like, <laughs> rage and anger. Just did such a great job selling this. Has to be held back by the young boys and everything. Just awesome. I lo- That's one of those, like, I love pro wrestling moments. Ishimori's reaction was just, you <laughs> already covered it, but it was just incredible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's very expressive. So that, that oh, yeah. helped a lot. I mean, he's going to be, you know, that, that helped him against, um, you know, Ishimori last year, too, in my match of the year. So he's very, like, uh, he reacts very well to things, like, facially, which not not all wrestlers do. So, you know, it's a unique trait sometimes. The show is all uh, here. Stop. here. Yeah. yeah, here's where you can stop the show. So Juice, Finley, Hanare, and Honma beating the Briscoes in G.O.D. It was all about the G.O.D. Briscoes, uh, you know, like dissension thing and choose pin Mark after I guess Drado hit Mark with the Kendo stick backs and who gives a shit? About and the oh yeah, Hikulea was back. Thank you. I no. forgot all about that. That's the only thing to know from like the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, Briscoe's and God, man, who Ugh. could give a flying fuck? I'd love to meet the person. Two heels. Whoa, <laughs> two heel teams and. Nobody likes unless you're man, maybe there's some bullet club shirt geeks who are really into the God. I don't know, but I mean, like they're they're like fine. Although, like I, I actually they weirdly like peaked as a team like two years ago, right? Like there was a little while when like they were having like some bangers with uh, War Machine, with, with War Machine, and with uh, I was mainly thinking with with uh, Maccabi and. And Honma. Oh, those and, matches. Yeah, I know yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like they had a really good tag league final. And like, I don't know, like they really plateaued since then. Like they just haven't done anything that interesting. Like those evil Sonata matches, none of them have really done mm-hmm. anything for me. And you know, the one on this tour wasn't any different. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't imagine being in, excited for that, but whatever. Uh the never open weight six man tag titles, you know, it was goofy comedy. Akabe, Yano, and Taguchi beating Delirious Cabana and Cheeseburger, 10-16. Do you have anything to say about this? Who gives a shit? Nope. Skip. <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay and Dalton Castle, never open weight title, 17-30. Will won't the uh, Stormbreaker. You know, I saw some people giving this a lot of hype, you know, like four stars and stuff. I just Four? Was, yeah, I saw somebody give it four. I just... I gave it like I think three. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, was, I went three and a quarter, so I'm a little was, better than you. You know, it was it was all right. You know, it didn't was bad or anything. It just didn't. There was just nothing about it that blew me away. It was very boring for long stretches, and I yeah. don't know. Uh, Osprey hit the the elbow thing against that he did against Ibushi. I yeah, know. I will know. I really, I really fucking hate that place. <laughs> so like, it takes so long to set it up. It's like, ah, oh, my arm <laughs> hold within it. <laughs> A hidden blade. Let me show you my arm. Just like, okay, did you just fucking hit him? Like this long ass setup. It's like, I, I, I got it, buddy. We get it. You're a samurai. Whatever. <laughs> him and Davy Boy, like the, well, the like, they're like the two weeps or something. I guess I should like them, but uh, <laughs> world world TV title match. Uh, Jeff Cobb and Hiroki Goto. Uh, Cobb won with thirteen fifty two. Again, I thought. You know, people raved about this, and you know, I went three and a quarter. It was good enough. 
just nothing you need to go out of your way to say just the two of them hitting each other you know yeah. just didn't have that didn't have any kind of special quality to it there's nothing that nothing that blew me away here I was a quarter star higher than you again. I went three and a half, but I, I noted Kevin Kelly called this a uh, match for the prestigious title, the ROA TV title. Very prestigious. I'm, I'm, I'm sure somebody cares about it. Maybe we're a lot of fans of it. I don't know. Uh, and then the main event, Tanahashi Okada and Lethal against Taven, TKRI, and Vinny Mars. How the fuck is that pronounced? I don't even Marsagalia? Marcelgia? I don't fucking know. That's all I'd Whatever. 1410, Lethal. Lethal. You hated this, huh? I hated this so much. <laughs> I went like two stars. I could not get interested in this match. My my friend who I was watching with, I've had on the show before, Quinlan, he really hated this too. He thought this was like really, really bad in the kingdom were like awful. I, I didn't hate it that much. Like, I would go, you know, like two and a half or something. It was like, you know, painful average but it just did def- definitely was nothing to it i'm like oh the dream team and i'm like look <laughs> i know jay lethal's the ring of honor world champion you have to like make a big deal out of it and he can sometimes surprise me he had a cup like a couple really good matches last year but like my god seeing him out there at okada tanahashi is like supposed to be some kind of equal it's just so ridiculous but i don't know not a ring of honor fan so why maybe if you're a Ring of Honor fan, you were more into that, but just was not a not a big thing to me. Nothing here on this show that was that, that into it in the first three matches. Mm-hmm. Um the second show two, was not much better. <laughs> the second show was bad. I thought I, mean, I would go It was worse for sure. Yeah. There was like one match on here I liked, and oh, the no. rest were well, like really liked. I mean, and the rest was like eh. Like Gresham, Hanare, Taka, Saber, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Gresham got a big uh, reaction again. Nothing much else. Yeah. There. Marty beat Robbie Eagles. That was actually disappointing. Only went like I was shocked. It only went like less than nine minutes. I thought. Yeah. I don't know. Like they weirdly, you know, when this is booked, you look at it like, oh, it's Marty going for revenge against the Bullet Club. But they did not tell that story at all. Like, like Marty yeah. didn't talk about it in the promos. Eagles didn't talk about it. So basically, we've wiped the elite from existence. Which is fine. I mean, whatever. But it makes it even more obvious that basically we don't give, you know, like we don't give a shit. Like that's just not, you know, this is not Marty going for revenge against the Bullet Club. It's just Marty Scroll and Roddy Eagles having a match. <laughs> that's what happened. Okaban um, and Toriano beat Delirious and Cheeseburger. You know, go- goofy comedy. It was fine. Oh, I did um, want to note something here. Cabana was in uh, New Japan here. I think he's doing the New Japan Cup too, but he was also announced for the DDT America show. So I thought that was worth pointing out that he's going to be doing New Japan and DDT yeah. in like a month. That is true. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be in the Japan Cup against what Yano in the first round, right? I have, I, I could yeah. not. You know. I think I think it is Yano, and then he's going to be doing like you said DDT in America. He'll be in a a three way tag. Oh no, he's he's in, he in the three battle royal. He's in the Iron Man. Yeah, he's in the Iron yeah. Man. You're right. So Iron Man Battle Royal. So he'll be on DDT in America and New Japan. So there you go. Um, but yeah, this match was whatever. Match four. Will Ospreay and Hiroki Goto against Castle and Cobb. I like this better than both the singles matches, weirdly. I, I went three and a half on it. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, a little surprised Osprey pinned Cobb, you know. I know that that's a well, I mean champion pinning champion. I mean, maybe they're mm-hmm. setting up a champion versus champion match or something, but other for MSG, because I don't know why else you'd do that, but who knows? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the, the TV titles about on, on, uh, you know, even with the never title, who the, I mean, who, who really knows with how many titles new Japan has, especially like, do you know there's something, something called the United States championship? I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's actually called the U S heavyweight title in new Japan. But, this is a, it was yeah, a, yeah huh. it's, a, it's a real title. Apparently. Um, Naito and Shingo be Taven and Vinny. This was worth it for the, the Naito Shingo, like burst at the end where like Shingo was hitting all these fucking crazy pumping bombers. And then, you know, they were doing like double team moves and the Naito hits the desk. You know, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the only thing you need to see from this match, honestly. I think they teased a Naito Taven singles match afterwards. Like Taven was kind of getting he's into still, it. Yeah. He's still my fucking heart on that one. I mean, I I don't really have any problem with Matt Taven. You know, he could win the Ring of Honor World Tower tomorrow and I wouldn't give a shit. But, you know, he's fine for what he is. Yeah, he's whatever. But like, but like, you know, if that's what Naito's doing at the MSG, I'll be pretty, pretty mad. Um. And the Ring of Honor World title match, Jay Lethal and TK Orion. So TK Orion got very angry at uh, you know, our board WH Park over at uh, Live Audio Wrestling for calling him and the kingdom stupid on these two shows. You know what, TK? If you didn't want to get fucking criticized, you should have had a match with Lethal here and didn't suck shit. That would have been a good start because this match fucking sucks. <laughs> Like, I actually couldn't believe how bad this was. Like, I thought going in, like, you know, I've heard all this things. Like, oh, TK's a good prospect. Lethal usually tends to have good matches. This was like a one-and-a-half-star match. This was, like, actively bad. And I just, you know, not even beyond the fact that the crowd didn't give a shit, because who thought the crowd would give a shit about Jay Lethal and the fucking guy from the kingdom? But they just didn't do anything. <laughs> like, that was remotely interesting. So, bad match. Fuck this match. I, uh, I promise you, because I, when I was watching this show, I still had like the All Japan show and the Tokyo Joshi show and the DDT show to catch up on. And I swear, the thought crossed my mind of just blocking you on Twitter and then just <laughs> pretending like I had never agreed to do this show because I could not finish this match. And I still had a so Briscoe's match coming up and a GOD match coming up. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, this is where, yeah, this show was like, oh my God, just let this fucking. Just get Ring of Honor the fuck out of here. I don't want to see this shit anymore. Uh, the next match, which has nothing to do with Ring of Honor at all, actually. So not an evil losing to Tama Tonga and Tonga Lo in 2026, the super power bomb. First of all, way too fucking long. Really boring. So long. Yeah, like probably another two and a half star match. Just these two teams just have no chemistry. Just not not interesting or fun at all. Um, got I, I'm it's really annoying that Sonata and Evil, you know just had to lose have a two-month title reign just or not even two months like a month and a half because you know we have to do fucking god and the briscoes and msg which is fucking stupid it's like oh well they're doing champion versus champion msg so the tag champions can't be in new japan cup why can't you just announce that after the new japan cup why is that we gotta have even not lose their fucking belts just ugh. who and like five times they are one reign away from tying tenkozi for all time with the IWGP heavyweight tag titles, which they I almost died. certainly will, which is really disgusting. Wow. That <laughs> is wow. But I think Sonata's probably gonna like go to the finals of the New Japan Cup or something. So eh. Yeah. And I I do I that's that was literally my pick, actually. Yeah. But 
you know, I, I do think he's still in line for a big push and stuff. I'm just annoyed because, like, Evo and Sonata, fun tag champions, lots of cool potential matches. Could have done them against Tanahashi and Okada. Could have done all sorts of wacky stuff. Who, what is there for G.O.D.? You know? Or the Briscoes. The Briscoes beat them. Who who wants to see them against literally anybody in New Japan? It's just such a fucking dead-end title reign. And just, ugh. Every time it feels like we're, we've escaped the bullshit, we're right back where we started. Let me say, I know you got a lot of shit for this, like, on Twitter or whatever, but... I much preferred like the good guy Tama Tonga undercard <laughs> comedy gimmick than to him like actually trying to do main event tag matches that go twenty five minutes or whatever this went. Yeah, I mean you're definitely not wrong. So, um, and then the main event, the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles, Jay Briscoe played David Finley in seventeen thirteen. Um, you know Finley dislocated his shoulder, so they had to go home early. But still, not a you know this is better than the last the last match. I, I guess like. I would go like three and a quarter here. So nothing bad or anything, but just not anything you need to go out of your way to see once again. Yeah, I went three stars, so it was whatever. Yeah. So, Honor Rising. Watch matches one through three of night one, and then you can stop. That's mm-hmm. basically my recommendation. I don't know. I saw a lot of people say good shows or very watchful or blah, blah, blah. Just, I just fucking, I just thought it was garbage. I mean, it always, and I've been like, you know, anyone following me on Twitter or listening to this show, I have been like, super positive about new japan this year this is like probably the first thing i haven't enjoyed so far in new japan's year i'm, I'm just gonna hope it's a i'm gonna chalk it up to a um you know a, a fucking fluke based on having ring of honor there but yeah I, it's basically like well new japan's a lot better but they can't overcome the stink of ring of honor honor rising sucks once again so what are you gonna do um any other final thoughts on these exciting shows Literally none. Okay. So that moves us over to all Japan Pro Wrestling then. Um, (laughs) So we begin with the all Japan Yokohama. So this is Yokohama Bunker Gym. It's June announced 2,109. Yeah, not not bad at all, I guess. I don't don't remember what the last one did. I'm going to look that up now because I'm curious, which is the Zeus Miara. Which ended up being like a match of the year candidate. I'm sure it's maybe a little bit better because that was the probably the big return match from their great match uh, earlier in the year. Yeah. Where are you, Yokohama? I know you didn't uh, watch. I watched the uh, Dylan James Nomura match from the show while you're looking that up. Yeah. And you said you. Oh yeah, go it. ahead. Yeah. So while you're looking that up, it was it was a decent match. It was basically a de facto number one contenders match. Uh, Nomura got the win. It was fairly short, but. I did want to mention. I mean, Dylan James is good now, so I'm sorry. I don't. I don't make the rules, but Dylan <laughs> James is good now. So uh, um, this actually did. I put what like 200 more. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, oh, not 200. Like 110 more. That's surprising. So, mm. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I because I did 1,999. Um. But yeah, I only watched the last three matches. I just didn't have time to watch the whole undercard, and there really wasn't you know a ton mm-hmm. that. It was interesting to me. Uh, it began at the Junior Battle Glory 2019 final. Uh, Koji Iwamoto defeating uh, Seiki Yoshioka in 14:59. What do you think of this? Because I think I was kind of the outlier on this one. So. Yeah, I saw that you were lower. You were a lot lower than me. I want four stars on it. Um, part of it might be I watched the entire Junior. There, there was one show that didn't make take, but I watched the entire all the tournament matches from this tournament. So, kind of felt like a big payoff because that whole tour was kind of. 
it was decent. There was one really good match I'd recommend if you have time from the uh, the B Block Finals. Um, Yoshioko against uh, Hikaru Sato, I think it was. I went four stars on that match, but uh, I saw you went. I forget what you went, but um, Yoshioko's kicks here, I loved it. And then Iwamoto's comeback, uh, really good stuff. I know you said you were kind of sick of that. I ended up going like a low four stars. Uh, yeah, I went three. And a, I went three and a half. So it's not like I hated it or anything. Yeah, I just like really. It feels like whenever I see Iwamoto now, it's like okay, he gets his ass kicked. He gets his ass kicked. And he hits uh I have to look it up for, for Connor here before I get the meme image again. The Rai Goshi, not the judo throw. But um but yeah, I mean like just I don't know. It just feels like it's getting a little formulaic with him. You know, I'd like to see him match maybe a little more back and forth, but it just feels like he just he's you know, gets his ass kicked, hits the move, wins. But yeah. um you know that's, that's fair. Uh, it doesn't mean I didn't like it, though. I still yeah. thought it was pretty good. It just didn't blow me away or anything. And the crowd was surprisingly into it for a junior match. Like, the All Japan Junior Division kind of gets a lot of shit sometimes, but I I thought the crowd was well, pretty well. I usually, I usually like the Junior Division All Japan, so I'm, I'm not really... I might be talking about a, a certain Voices of Wrestling uh, <laughs> They're not big fans over there at the uh, at the flagship. Well, I don't know how I don't remember how Rich feels about it. I know Joe Lanza hates it. Yeah. But... I like I like the division, so I've, I've always had a soft spot for it. Uh, the World Tag Team Title match: Daisuke Sekimoto and Yuji Okabayashi defeating Sleeper, Jake Lee and Ryoji Sai in twenty nine oh six. So I this was good ish. I just thought it went. I mean, I had I had a couple complaints. First of all, I'm not sure I would have gone thirty minutes when you're going thirty two and a half on the main event. I think it just felt a little like overly long. Um, I just think Jake, Jake Lee specifically, you know, it, it's a he's a guy I've I've always liked, even when he was really terrible early on. I just had a re- weird like, you know, I really liked him anyway. One of those like bad wrestlers that you just have a, a drawing to, um, but you know, then then he he seemed like he was on the br- the verge of breaking out, you know, before he went down with that injury. Had that awesome match with Kento Miyahara. And the champion carnival, and I guess it would have been 2017. 2017 yeah. yeah. And like, you know, just right on the verge of breaking out, and he gets hurt. You know, he comes back last year, like right right around the champion carnival. And you think, like, okay, well, he's gonna break out now and be a big star. And just it just has not happened, even remotely. I mean, just he he's been very disappointing since he got back. And again, I'm someone that wants to root for him, but just he has too many performances like this where, you know, he he'll go stretches where he looks great. And then he'll go stretches where he looks super awkward and outclassed. Like, you know, the strike exchange at Yuji Kobayashi towards the end where he just looked like, you know, I mean, he looked like a jobber in there at Yuji. And it's like, if you're going to, part of that's that Okobayashi just like, you know, he's Yuji Okobayashi. He's a big fucking star. And he looks like a dude who can just fucking kill you. But like, if you're going to be the big all Japan Rival to Kento, main eventer. You have to like not get eaten up in that spot, and he just got eaten up in the spot. I mean, he looked like shit. I mean, you know, it just didn't. It just didn't work at all. Um, you know, it had its moments. So I still went like three and a quarter, but just, like I don't know. Jay Lee, he has to stop doing that fucking step up kick. It looks like he he kicks the air like five feet in front of the guy. It looks like one of the shittiest looking moves uh, going right now in Puro, at least. But. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about this one? I think it was a little bit higher than I on you. Uh, I think I went three and a half. 
it was it was pretty good stuff. Strong BJ is the best tag team in the world right now. Yeah, that's um, not even close. Yeah, I did want to make note. Lee took the pin, not Sai. So uh, I hope this isn't happening because I've never really been the biggest Jake Lee fan. But someone on Twitter said that uh, Okabayashi pinning Lee is to set up for Lee and Okabayashi in the uh, the Carnival Final and Lee getting his win back. And I just I can't get too excited about that. But yeah, uh, I guess we'll see. I mean, look, Nomura coming out and challenging Kento next. Maybe they're maybe they're even like de de escalating the Jake Lee thing. But I don't know. I still think they're going to try it. It's just he just mm-hmm. hasn't looked good since he came back. I mean, he just hasn't looked consistently good. Like I mean, they you know they they really all Japan needs him to be a big rival for Kento, and like it just has not happened. So you know, I don't. I think part of that's all Japan's fault a little bit too. Just they they haven't booked him that well. But um, I just think. You know, it just it hasn't happened yet. And Jake, Jake, if Jake Lee wants it to happen, he's got to step up at some point. Maybe, you know, he has an awesome champion carnival and really breaks out. But mm-hmm. I have to wait and see. Did you uh, want to touch on the carnival block announcements at all? Yeah, we can we can do that after this. Yeah, I have to, I have, okay. to pull them, I have to pull them up actually. But, um, but yeah. So the main event, I can finally be happy and excited about all Japan because this was fucking awesome. Uh, Kento Miyahara defeating Suwama. In 32-29 to retain the Triple Crown title. This was a four-and-a-half-star match. Uh, absolutely fantastic. You know, one of those matches where, like, for, I mean, first of all, Kento is, is incredible. I mean, it, it has been for forever. So it's almost like, you know, you, who needs you? No one needs anyone to say that. But Suwama is fucking awesome. Like, I feel like he's a guy who just does not get enough credit for being as good as he is. He always comes up big in these spots. I mean, remember that that other Kento Suwama match, like I guess towards the end of 2017, that was awesome. Yeah, I think that was two years ago. Or so yeah, that yeah, was. Like, yeah. I mean, like he and then him and Suji have killed it pretty much every tag match they've had. I just, I don't know. I just think like Suwama feels like a guy to me who just people take for granted, maybe because he's always around the main event scene, but he's he hasn't really been the focus in a while. But like that dude just comes in there and kills it every single time he gets the chance to kill it. So, you know, I feel like he's – we might be at the point where he's underrated. But, you know, I just he was, like, just fantastic here playing, like, the big bully heel, beating the shit out of, out of Kento. Um, you know, I, the, the match starts out, like, really slow. Mm-hmm. Kento is, like, playing, like, the uber cocky prick and just, like, you know, really, like, beating at Suwama and the crowd's behind Suwama. And then all of a sudden Suwama, like, just fucking crushes Kento's throat. And I, I think it was like what on, on the on the outside barricade, right? I think he did it. And Kento, you know, just transitions just like a flick of your finger, like just snaps your fingers. He's doing it, like goes right from like being like super cocky to just being like, you know, I'm in trouble and like selling the throat like crazy. Um, you know, like like basically Kento selling in this match was next level. Um, I want to touch on this because it was, I'm sure some people are sick of it, but there was like a little firestorm on Twitter on Sunday because, you know, of of this very network, Mr. Joe Lanza made the comparison of, uh, said this was a very like, well, he didn't actually say Kenny's name, which was funny, but I kind of knew what he meant anyway. You know, Kento gave him a very Kenny Omega like performance. And, you know, I, I can see why, like people immediately jumped to, 
you know, they both do knee strikes and that's it. And they both have a tendency to spam the knee strikes. Although Kento didn't in this match at all. No, not even. But, a yeah. Like I think he hit like what, like one. Uh, <laughs> I can only remember one at least. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of it became like, Oh, well, you know, a lot the people did the, the knee, but like Kento actually did the knee probably before Kenny started doing it. So, you know, mm. or not like around the same time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, so I don't think it's saying that it was a co- it was like copying, but like Joe also like kind of said, I think based on the, you know, like very over the top, you know, like with the facial expressions and going like from selling to not selling to selling, but I I can I can I can sort of see the comparison, but the pro- the pro- the big problem with the comparison and where I think it's a very bad comparison for Kenny is I've never seen Kenny sell as well as Kento Mihara sold in this match. And yes, Kento did transition from, you know, from like being out to being okay and being out again, you know, at times. And that could be a little frustrating and why I actually docked the match a little bit for that, you know, because I thought he did recover. There was like one spot where he, um, you know, he, he had sold that he was out and then suddenly hit like a DDT out of nowhere when Suwama tried to get him up for the powerbomb and you know, like have this goofy grin. And that was like, that was a little Kenny like maybe, mm-hmm. but you know, other than that, he also like, you know, th- th- there's a fine line between feeling like you're blowing off what's happened to the match before versus like a more expect acceptable, like fighting spirit and like ace recovery kind of thing. And I think Kenton was on the right side of it. Cause he would do these sudden bursts, but then he would go like right back to selling. And I've never seen Kenny Omega sell that he was out like Kento sold that he was out from his sleeper in this match from Suwama. And that to me made the match and also made it's like the easiest comparison point for why I think Kento is just, you know, a much better wrestler than Kenny Omega ever will be. I just, I've never seen Kenny sell like this. And, you know, Kenny has his strengths too. He's very good. He has, you know, very good offensive repertoire. His matches are very good when he's on offense, but I've never seen him sell like Kento Miyahara in this match. And that's always going to be his downfall to me is that I find his selling really, really goofy, really bad, you know, whereas Kento's selling here was amazing. But what do you think about, I guess the match in general or the Kenny Kento thing, whatever you want to talk well, about. I didn't really get the uh, Omega comparisons in this match, but I should say I have thought that in the past, I would never say it on Twitter because I'm not trying to get uh, just completely destroyed by all the all Japan fans. But uh, I don't know if you saw the Kai match on January 3rd, but that really did remind me of a Kenny Omega match in a lot of ways. And I thought Kento wrestled a far better match here. And I went four and three fourths on this. It's, I think, my match of the year right now. And Suama's in my number one and number two match of the year. Like uh, the Suama kick out on the shutdown German, that might have been the most a near falls gotten me in quite a while. Yeah, that was awesome. And his struggle on the second one, like I really thought he was about to get out of it. Like when a match has you like that, I was like, okay, this is four and three fourths. You didn't mention there was some stuff that uh, bothered me a little bit, but yeah, it's my match of the year so far. And Suwam was my wrestler of the year so far, which is pretty crazy to say in 2019. I, mean, I put him in fifth on my list, which is you know higher than I thought I'd have him in the end of February. But he's been he's just been awesome. But yeah, I mean like he's got two four and a half star matches for me already between this and the the. Strong BJ against Violence Giants match last month. Yeah, those um, are my top two matches of the year so far. So <laughs> yeah, I think they're like they're probably like three and four for me. Um, 
but or at three and five or something. But yeah, I mean, like just fucking you know, Suwama just like those fucking lariats he was throwing, that crazy backdrop, and then Kento just fucking taking around his head. I mean, this is just an incredible match. Um, you know, I loved almost every second of it. Um, you know, the minor issues I had are why I didn't go higher than four and a half, but I mean, just fucking really, really awesome match. And, you know, this is the kind of, the kind of shit I watch all Japan for. I don't know what else to say, you know, Kento is, Kento is the ace and Suwama is fucking awesome. And there were, you know, it's, it's really cool that they, they've been around at the same time, basically, because they've had just a great series of matches between the, the crazy cork and split sprint this match, uh, the sumo hall match where like Suwama had come back from injury. It was like the, that big wall in that match basically. But yeah, I mean, just, uh, I, I can't wait to see them. Are they in the same block in champion carnival? I don't even know. Uh, no, they're not. Okay. That's, that's unfortunate. Cause I would love to see them again, but, um, okay. So let's see, let's call, bring up the all Japan. I got the champion carnival blocks in front of me. This was announced during the show. So, it starts on April 4th, so we've still got about a month, more than a month before it gets going. But Block A is going to feature Yuma Aoyagi, Shuji Ishikawa, Dylan James, Kengo Mashimo from Michinoku Pro, Kento Miyahara, Yuji Okabayashi from Big Japan, Ryuji Sai, Gianni Valletta, and Zeus. Um, outside of Gianni, I, that's a pretty stacked block. I mean, that's a, a lot of guys that I want to... They're going to have a lot of cool matches. You get to see Kento and Zeus again. Kento and Okobayashi will be crazy. Uh, Shuji and Okobayashi will be fucking nuts. That match is going to be uh, awesome. Kengo and Kento had a fucking awesome triple crown match years ago. That'll, that'll probably be another great match. I mean, there's just a lot of guys in that block. I mean, Kengo Machimo, he's he's a guy I forget is a freelancer because he's been like around all Japan so long now, but he's a great freelance pick. And... Yeah, I'm just really into this whole. I mean, this whole block. What do you? What, there's not a lot to complain about other than skipping Gianni's match Gianni if you want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one guy, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. Gotta have somebody to lose. <laughs> um, is Mashima still the K Dojo champion or the tag champ or something? I remember he was like the. Well, he's the, definitely not the tag champ because the tag champ. Right, right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really, know. I don't really. He might have lost it to like Yoshida or something, but I remember uh, like 2017 or something. He was doing a lot of stuff in K Dojo. At least I haven't really kept up with it recently. Um, the strongest K champion is Shu Asakawa, actually. So, oh, Kengo hasn't been champion since May 2017. Actually. 2017, yeah, okay, that, that sounds about. Right. I remember when he lost to Kodaka. That was a cool match. Um, but yeah, it's gone. T- it's gone. Izana Kodaka take the guy. Uh, Taishi Takazawa and now Shu Asakawa. So okay, yeah. Um, it blocks gonna yeah, cool. yeah, it's awesome. I mean, look, there's nothing to complain about there. Um, block B. Speaking of things to complain about, Sam Adonis, Joe Doring, Daichi Hashimoto, Jake Lake, Naoya Nomura, Joel Redman, Suwama, Takashi Yoshida, and Yoshitatsu. First of all, the the Japanese outsiders I have no problem with. Um, you know, Daichi. His stock has fallen a lot recently, but I think I like Daichi more than most people do. But I do too, and so I, I mean, I wanted to pre- preempt, preempt it with like I understand that you know he's had some bad bad matches and stuff in Big Japan, but like for whatever reason, he's always way better in All Japan than he is in Big Japan. I mean, 
I, I can't remember the last time he had a bad like real world tag league or anything. So the fact that he's here and he's gonna, you know, he's here in all Japan, he's probably gonna have some good matches. You know, I don't really have any problem with that. Uh, and Yoshida getting a chance here, basically the Shingo spot to come over and be a heavyweight. I mean, Takashi Yoshida, if you don't know, folks, is Cyber Kong. So, like, that's fucking awesome. I think that's just great for him to get that opportunity. I mean, we're going to see Cyber Kong versus Suwama, which is like a match that would have blown my mind like 2007. So, that's fucking crazy. Um, Cyber Kong and Joe Doring. Joe Doring might ask Cyber Kong to show him power. I mean, that's like, that's really cool. Um, the problem is the fucking foreigners. I mean, look, you can't really beat around the bush about it. Uh, who gives a shit about Sam Adonis? Uh, I mean, Joe Doring's great, but Joe Doring, I'm just, he's an all Japan guy. You know, Sam, Sam Adonis, who fucking cares? Joel Redman, I, I don't even really know who that is. Um, I watched some Brit Res and I don't know who that is. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't watch any Brit Res. I have no clue who that is. I mean, you know, just not good. So, I mean, you know, these, there's plenty of guys in the block that are going to have some good matches. It's not like, I don't think it's a total disaster. Like I've seen some people say, you know, I, I like, if you don't, if you hate Yoshitatsu, then I can see why you think it's a disaster, but you know, I think he's fine. Um, you know, I just, I, this is a, it's an interesting year. There's a lot of turnover. Um, you know, Kai is not in it. Cause he's going to be in all, at all Japan. I mean, not all Japan. He's going to be, at, he's going to be at a uh, dragon gate and he's, Got he's booked for WrestleMania weekend. So oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's booked for House of Glory. So, um, so Kai's not in it. Uh, obviously, you lose Shingo to New Japan. Um, God, there's other, there's even other people. Who the fuck else isn't in this? Let me see. Yeah, um, what's his name is not in it. Uh, but I know some people was upset about. Oh, you talk oh, Yoshi. Yeah, the bodyguard's not in it, and you talk Yoshi. And Omori. Oh, so, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of change over here. So, you know, I, I understand why some people are not into it, but I think it's going to, I mean, the A block is fucking stacked. It's going to make, that's going to be good start, start to finish. The B block is less so, but, you know, if Jake Lee has a good tournament, which is a big if, that'll go a long way. Uh, if Daichi has a good tournament, that'll go a long way towards making this a lot better. And, I'm sure that there'll be there'll be standout matches, even if it's not like total blow away. I'm excited to see Joe Doring singles matches again because I loved his title reign. Yeah, I would I would agree. But overall, some good stuff, some mixed bag. Yeah. Either way, good. Uh, that's Champion Carnival. That's so coming up. We'll have more about that on this podcast, I'm sure, whether it's preview or review. So, in for that. So, uh, that'll bring us to the world of DDT next. Woo. And specifically to Tokyo Joshi Pro, we'll start with, because I actually watched that entire show. Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, be updated to the future. The future. The future. Uh, February 23rd in Shinjuku Face. This is an awesome card for Shinjuku Face, first of all. Um, you know, a full eight-match card. I mean, I remember when Tokyo Joshi Pro Shinjuku Face cards were like five matches and here you have they have a big enough roster now to have like no outsiders at all and have a whole a whole eight match card i mean this is basically a corkin level card except for corkin would have had like one or two like big outsiders it would have had like you know um just somebody there who n- normally doesn't appear in tokyo joshi but as far as like a 
you know, a big Tokyo Joshi Pro, Tokyo Joshi Pro show, just them on their own. You know, I thought this was awesome. So, um, but yeah, what'd you think? It was a really fun show. I, I loved the co-main event. I think it was the tag match. I liked it even better than the one four tag match, which I know a lot of people were really high on. So. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't like it that much, yeah. <laughs> but it was good though. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the show opened with an up, up girls performance. So always two <laughs> thumbs up for that. Um, and, and we saw Pinano PPPP win her first ever fall. Uh, as she and Yuki Kamifuko defeated Yuki Aino and Raku. So Pinano pinned Raku with a schoolboy, or I guess a schoolgirl, whatever you want to call it, in seven minutes and 20 seconds. Um, you know, it was, a, it was an opener. It wasn't anything special, but it was just fun. Fun seeing Pinano get her first pin. Yeah, I only watched the top five from this show, but I, I'm really regretting missing uh, PPPPP's uh, first first pinfall. Uh, so I'll go through the rest correctly then. Match yeah. two, two versus three handicap. Uh, Yuna Manase and Hikari Noah defeating basically the new the the newbie trio. Haruna Neko, uh, Neko Palm Harajuku, and Yumi. Uh, Manase pinned Harajuku with the Suzuki Dynamic, 845. Um, that's basically a Dodon. So that's her new finisher. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, my favorite thing from this was like, these girls are all doing like comedy and working super light. And then Hikari Noah tags in and just fucking drop kicks a seated uh, Neko in the chest, like as hard as she possibly can. It was so fucking funny. Like she did not get the memo apparently that, oh, we're taking it easy. And then Hikari Noah's like, bitch, you ain't. <laughs> and just fucking kicks her in the chest as absolutely hard as you could. Um, so that was probably the the highlight there. Uh, but fun little match otherwise. And then we had the debut of Mahiro, Mahiro Kuryu. Um, Shoko Nakajima Mina Shirakawa defeating Mahiro and Himawari Unagi in 11.35. Uh, Shoko pinned the new girl with the Nord White suplex. Um, I thought Mahiro looked good. Um, you know, she looked like surprisingly smooth in there. Like as far as like a, um, you know, like a, a wrestler, you know, sometimes obviously newcomers look really terrible and she looked for her first match. I mean, she looked better than some of the people who've been at it for a while. So it was cool. I mean, maybe they, they, they could have like a, just a natural on their hands maybe, but obviously what we'll matches too too soon to tell. Um, then I guess the first match you saw, which was Rika Tatsumi's return. She defeated Hyper Masao with the Torso Dragon Sleeper in 1310. Um, yeah, this was like I, three and a half star match to me. I really enjoyed this. Um, Masao like really go, going vicious at the arm. I was already spoiled on her, you know, at, at Tatsumi's injured arm. And I was already spoiled on Masao's turn. So I knew that was coming, but like, this was like just yeah. I thought they almost like, um, like hinted at it maybe with the way Masao got like super super aggressive, but she's also a heel already, so you know it's gonna just been like whatever. That was just her normal demeanor, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a fun at really fun match, and you know I, I've Rika Tetsu is one of my favorites of the promotion, so I'm very happy to have her back. Uh, what do you think of this one? Uh, it was really good stuff. I ended up only going three and a quarter. I thought there were just a few points where it was a little bit clunky, but there was an awesome, like, a top rope dragon screw spot. That looked great. And then Rika's dragon sleeper. I love that. Like, it looks... <laughs> it, it, uh, what do you say? 
as if she has one of the best going like oh, dragon yeah. sleep it's it's definitely i like it even more than sonata like sonata's like she hers actually looks like a legitimate like you could pass out from this yeah she her, her sleeper looks a lot better than sonata's um but yeah then then so basically misawa asked her basically like you know if i if i beat you will you team with me so i've never been a champion and can we go for the tie titles and she, and she said you know sure and then, like, during the middle of the match, Masao, like, said something like, I was trying too hard to be cool. I should have just said, not not done the if we win, if I win part. But it was too late, apparently. Uh, and then we saw what happened later. Yeah. Uh, match five, Maki Ito defeating Natsumi Maki with the backlash cutback at 844. Um, just basically like a, a cradle. Uh, the, the battle of the Makis here. Again, this was, uh, you know, another three-and-a-half-star match. I just really enjoyed this like you know Ma- first of all it was basically just maki ito like the two of them just screamed at each other's faces maki ito flipping her off just fucking slapping each other in the face as hard as they can just like that unique brand of like really vicious like joshi match which i really always enjoy um at one point maki ito just like screamed in this mix of like shock and fear because natsumi did like a, a cartwheel in front of her which is just really fucking funny but yeah, I just I, I adored this matches. I, I adore most Makito matches, honestly. I was kind of surprised that he that she won here, though. I was pretty surprised too. It was, it was Natsumi's first loss yep. in Tokyo Joshi, but uh, the post match was fun. It was like funny with Makito basically saying, "You know, you're cuter. Than, you're not not cuter. You're more attractive." I think she said, and like you know, better. I think she said, maybe, maybe she said better looking. Um, well, I guess the same thing. And like smarter and a better wrestler, and she wanted like to this whole list. Like the only thing I have is that I'm cuter, um, but I had that's why I had to beat you. And then Natsumi Maki, after all that, just says like I'd never want to be reborn as you or something, <laughs> and just leaves, which is just perfect. But yeah, I mean Maki Ito is basically like this this desperate millennial is the best way I can describe her character. Just like that's perfect. You know, like she'll do anything to. To like just make a name for herself, and she was great here. You know, like goes back and forth between like super self confidence and like no self confidence. It's just really, it's a really weird character in a lot of ways, but it really like just speaks to people. It's really great. Um, match number six. Speaking of speaking of speaking to people, this speaks to me. The return <laughs> of Sakura. Thank you, God. Uh, <laughs> you Watanabe with the Academy Award in ten fifty. I went fucking four stars on this. I don't give a shit. This is like this is as good of a mostly one-sided eleven-minute match between a pop idol and a French aristocrat as you're ever gonna see. Um, I just thought Saki, you know, if you've only seen Saki Akai, Saki Akai, you know, I totally understand why me saying this is four stars is gonna like make you think I'm on drugs. But like, I don't. She is just so much better at Saki Sama, just so much better at this. I don't. I don't know if it's just like. You know, she gets to work with other women. Um, she's very imposing, you know, in there with other women because of her, you know, the fact that she's 5'9". And, like, she can just stand there and fucking no-sell, which she did an amazing job of here. I mean, she just basically carried herself as completely untouchable in this entire match. She just, like, Mia would, like, hit her, and she would basically just, like, shrug not even move. Yeah. yeah, just completely shrug it off. It just was did an amazing job of that. So, like, by the time Mia finally, like, caught her with that bear hug, backbreaker and then like went into the argentine backbreaker like the crowd was going nuts for it and like you know you were almost like on your feet and just like you know go get her get her mm-hmm. and then 
you know, that was basically it for her offense. And Saki Sama just shut her, shut her back down again. Um, yeah, I fucking love this. I mean, you know, just an awesome match. Highly recommend it. If you, if you like matches that are just like one person is just bet on a different level than the other, which I really enjoy that type of match, you know, not a total squash, but just like one person, you know, is clearly just a, a step above. Um, I thought this was a great example of it. So I only went like, I only went three and a quarter on that, but it was a little bit like too one sided, but I definitely see where you're coming from. Like, uh, Saki Akai or Saki Sama, whichever name you want to use, I feel she just carries herself like so much more of a star in Tokyo Joshi. Maybe it's like just the height difference or whatever, but like you said, she's just so much better, uh, in Tokyo Joshi than I think she is in DDT. Yeah. And I'm not. I don't want to make clear. I'm not a Saki Kai hater DT either. I just, you know, she's a comedy wrestler in DT, and I think she's actually perfectly fine at that. As far yeah. as like, she comes in and does her cross body, and the fans like her, and whatever. Like that's I had no issue with her at all. But like, she's just on another level in Tokyo Joshi. I would not give a Saki Kai match in DDT four stars. Whereas like this, you know, this isn't even the first time I've gone for on her. So in, in Tokyo Joshi. But I just think she's on a, on a totally different level. It's not even just a height difference either, because she's she's taller than a lot of the dudes in DDT. That's true. But, but like, it's just something about the way she carries herself. And, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just fantastic. Let me say, uh, Miyu Watanabe, she's gonna be she's gonna be a star one day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I already think she's. I, I said this. I think she's a future champion. So mm-hmm, for sure, she's already got she's already got that like presence to her. Um, semi-main, the Tokyo Princess Tag Team titles, uh, Yuka Sakazaki and Mizuki defeating Reika Saiki and Marika Kobashi. Mizuki pinned Kobashi with a diving foot stomp in 1434. Uh, it was the fourth defense for the Magical Sugar Rabbits. Um, you, you had this higher than me, so why don't you start with this one? Yeah, I went, I went three and three quarters on this. I liked it, uh, even better than the one four tag match, which... I mean, maybe it's a combination of them higher than this on most and a little bit lower than most on that. Oh, yeah, that's true, because I went four on that, on the one four one. Yeah, but, like, Ricky Saiki is, like, legitimately one of the best Joshi wrestlers in the world. Like, I mean, part of it is Tokyo Joshi. I mean, it gets sometimes, I feel, a bad rep for, like, being the green company, but there's still a lot of good wrestlers in there, and, like, Ricky Saiki is number one on that list for me. I mean, it, it, it kind of was the green company, like two, like, well, like yeah, like a couple of years ago. It was it they the matches yeah. were not very good, and they've it's just been fun watching them all grow together and you know just become like everybody is just so much better than they were. Like like if you go back and watch like an like a mid twenty seventeen no maybe even like like twenty sixteen is what probably what I'm thinking of. like mid twenty sixteen show. You know, I pop in for some of those on Universe or something, and like mm-hmm. they just, yeah, no one knew what the fuck they were doing. But now, like they've all been at this for years. All these, these, uh, the older ones, they're just so much better now. So, and a lot of the ones who, a few of the ones who were like really crappy have left. So, um, I don't want to note there's like one transition in this match where uh, I think it was Sakazaki was coming off the top rope and like, um, Rika Sakai like caught her into a, like a crab. And I just thought that was a sick looking transition. Uh, and then I, I was kind of expecting a title change here, but. So I was hoping. Um, yeah. So I, love, I love that psych, uh, Reika Psyche and Kobashi team. I just think they're, okay. I, mean, I, I really like Marika Kobashi in general, you know, 
I was yeah. really into her before she went down, and she just has that again that like that kind of presence that you can't really teach, which is you know that charisma, which is uh you know obviously a really good to start for any young wrestler, and you know she just I think she's just very good, but unfortunately they did not win the titles back here. I mean, not that I have anything against Yuka and Mizuki. They're they're great too. They're, they've been great champions so far. Yeah. I mean, I went three and a half, so I didn't really have it that much lower than you did. But it was a very good match. Uh, the main event, the Tokyo Princess of Princess title, Mio Yamashita defeated Nodoka Tenma with the Crash Rabbit Heat at eleven fifty seven. Um, this I found disappointing. I I thought they were really like starting starting out awesome with like you know. This whole story with Nodoka basically like just you know, basically the whole story was like and they they told this in the build up too, that Miyu just could not kick her down the way she kicks down so many people. Like Nodoka would just like shrug off the body kicks and the leg kicks. You know, she's like a it makes sense like physically, she's like a short she's short, but she's like a you know, like a thick wrestler, you know. She's kinda of like fights through it basically. And you know, I really like that story. It's like me, like, you know, she's this dominant champion. And she's like, what the fuck do I do? My main weapon isn't really doing anything. Um, you know, then eventually she's like, well, if my my leg kicks and my body kicks aren't going to work, I'll just kick her in the fucking head, which that turned out to be a good strategy, unsurprisingly. Um, the problem is I just think they, they could have gotten a lot. Like, I would have gone longer than 12 minutes. And I guess I get it to a degree where you just want to, you know, Miu is your dominant champion. You don't really, and Nodoka is just very much a mid-carder. Maybe you just want to like show that she's better and move on. But like the crowd was really into it. The story w- would have made sense for a longer match. I just thought they went to the, the kill switch near fall way too soon. And like no one in the crowd bought that as a finish. So that was a little bit of a problem. And, you know, after that, um, you know, just kind of went straight to the finish from there. And Miu got out of the second kill switch and then just basically kicked her ass and won, which that's, that's fine. I just think, you know, had the match had more potential, but they've gone longer, especially if they started out so good. So I only mm-hmm. went like three and a quarter. Um, I just think this is a match that could have used even like another five minutes. Yeah, I, I would. I also went three and a quarter. It was just a little bit too short for me. Part of it could be just a victim of expectations, like what you're expecting from a Yamashita title defense, just because she's been so good in the past. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a decent match, but definitely fell short of my expectations. Like she had a match on one of the build up shows with I think it was like Hikari Noah or something. And I thought that was better than this match. Again, maybe it's just the victim of like expectations, but definitely was disappointing to me. But uh but yeah, so definitely you know, a little bit disappointing way to end the show, but still a fucking awesome show. Really good show, yeah. Pretty much all Tokyo Chelsea Pro shows are, to be honest. Um you know, I mean, if you're not on that train yet, I would definitely tell you, get it, start watching. Uh, it's a great time to jump back in. We're going to have Saki-sama, and we didn't even mention, we totally forgot that Typhon Masao came out and turned heel. Oh, my God. How do we skip that? She just came out and fucking, you know, the heel turned heel. You know, she uh, she acted like she was going to save Rika Tatsumi. Rika the title challenge earlier in the show. Yeah, and, like, instead she hit her with the chair and, you know, she cut up, you know, she told Saki, Saki's like, because I didn't do this. And she's basically like, I want to, you know, show you that I'm not, I'm tired of being so weak. I need you, you know, help to become strong. She cut up her mask, which like the crowd was like fucking gasping about. And then like, 
drop the way she like threw the scissors and had them hit the Tokyo Joshi logo perfectly. That was just amazing. And yeah, so she's basically going to be the new follower of Saki Sound. We'll see. Obviously, replacing uh, Azusa Christie, who retired last year. So we'll see if what what kind of makeover that involves. Um, just the, my favorite part of this is so so they do similar to what idol idol groups do in uh, in Japan. They, this thing called checkies, where you pay money and you get like before the show usually. And you get like a ticket to go and meet whatever wrestler you want to meet, and you know get your get like basically a mark photo or you know a bit that basically is it like a mark photo with them. And a bunch of pick, people had bought Masao, but they re, they actually refunded all their checkies because they did not make her available for her uh, for her for her mark photos basically because of her the turn and everything. So just that was a really cool touch. They they lost money. <laughs> to put over this feud. This to so, yeah. And um, they also uh, they announced Sakazaki versus the Yamashita for the uh, Hakata Star Lane show. I should mention that. That'll be the that'll be the last Joshi match in Hakata Star Lane, which is yeah. crazy because that's closing. Um, I'm, I'm a little sad I never made it to that building because it looks always looks cool on television, especially back in the day of Dragon Gate and. You know, it, it, like it, it's it's like a converted bowling alley, exactly what it sounds like. And I don't the thing I think was like lost on foreigners. I don't think they actually had bowling there currently. Like I think it just used to be a bowling alley, and that's why they just kept the name. I could be wrong about that. But that's why I think I read that somewhere. Because um, I always pictured in my head like you could go bowl and then go watch a wrestling show, like the same way back in the day at Ring of Honor, you could go to the Rexplex and fucking skateboard and then go watch Ring of Honor. Or, you know, even a Shinjuku face, you could go fucking play arcade games, like, on the floors below it. So, um, but yeah, so that's a, that was Tokyo Joshi Pro. Some cool stuff coming up. And, you know, we'll see. Obviously, Yuka Sakazaki is getting ready to go to um, AEW at the end of May. And we know now Miyu, Yama, uh, Miyu Yamashita and Maki Ida are going to have a rematch from their excellent one four match at the ddt coming to america show so that's a pretty cool thing we can talk about that too when we finish talking mm-hmm. about the because they announced that whole card so the last thing we can mention the the same day on the 23rd as the later that day as the tokyo joshi pro show we had the dramatic 2019 february special uh shinjuku face i only watched few matches from this i only watched the uh the right to challenge anytime anywhere matches really nothing special in the first two uh, Makoto Oishi won the the first bracelet by pinning Katsumata with the Modern Times. Uh, Yuki Ino pinned Kota Umedo to spear in 10:58, which really surprised me. I thought that was going to be Umedo for sure. There was like um, a literal gasp in the building because I think that might have been his first singles win. Like you could hear yeah. the gasp when he won that. Yeah. Yeah. So Ino beats Umeda from the second bracelet, and in the main event. Tetsuya Endo beats Hiroshima and Higuchi single-handedly and was a three-way match for over-the-top rope rules. He threw Hiroshima out, and he pinned Higuchi with the shooting star press. So that was actually pretty fun. I mean, that was like a three-and-a-half-star match. Good. If you're going to definitely check that one out, I think. I ended up also watching the semi-main from this show. and Yeah, that was a 30-minute draw. How was that? Uh, I think it was... It was I hope it wasn't 30 I think it was 20 minutes. Um, oh, it says, either way, either way, it was a draw. Maybe it was 30 minutes, but yeah, 
it was kind of surprising. I, I went three and a half on it. It was pretty fun. And I don't know if you saw this, but after the match. You didn't mention who was on it, by the way. It was Takashima oh, yeah, against Yuki Ueno and Naomi Yoshimura. Uh, Ueno had appealed to Yoshimura to team with him. So uh, back at the judgment. So that was that was the result of that. So. Mm-hmm. And after the match, um, Mika Satomura came on the big screen and her dash and uh, Hashimoto from Sendai or from Sendai challenged for the six man titles for the Korkin. And uh, Hashimoto came out in German Takashita, like right after this long draw. And um, Makara Oshi came out and tried to cash in his gauntlet, but the officials wouldn't let him because uh, they weren't valid until the next day. So I kind of thought that was pretty funny. What do you think of the main event, though? Um, any any thoughts about that? I went three and a quarter on it. The the crowd was going ballistic every time there was like a near over the top elimination. I don't know if you mentioned yeah, that. you could also be eliminated they, over the top. Yeah, and it, the reaction was just kind of surprising to me, given like the Royal Rumble a month ago, like the entire match you're just sitting on the apron, you know, the crowd doesn't yeah. care, but. Yeah, the crowd. I think this was like a fan club show or something. So the crowd was really hot for you know like a Shinjuku kind of DDT house show sort of thing. Yeah. So you know, good stuff from what I saw. And I'm gonna try to go back and watch that tag match. It just ran out of time. It was up to like two a.m. last night trying to catch up for all this stuff because <laughs> they picked of all of all weekends to do this. They picked a weekend when I was away. A lot of it too. So yeah, it was like I, I think I watched like eight hours of wrestling on Sunday. Yeah, um, same thing, because um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I was down in North Carolina. I finished watching this show about 45 minutes before we started recording. <laughs> so yeah. Cut it real close. Well, I appreciate the dedication. Um, but yeah, so that's our pure roundup. We did that faster than I thought we would. So, you it's know, we really, good. really blew through some shit probably too. So that's why. <laughs> but um, rising shows. Yeah, I mean, those fucking RSs don't suck shit anyway, so who cares? Um, but let's talk about, because we do have the schedule, or the, the full card, I should say, for the DDT in America show, which yours truly will be at in the front row, so I'm very excited. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, it's really, really cool. I mean, look, this first of all, the, the thing about this show is, like, this is a better approximation of a big DDT, like a, a big DDT show, like a Judgment of Peter Pan than anything New Japan's done in the U.S. as far as, like, approximating a New Japan big show. And, you know, this basically is just, like, a mini, you know, a mini Peter Pan or Judgment. I mean, it's just absolutely, um, you know, exactly what I think pretty much any DET fan would want to say. So I'm very, very excited for this. I think it's going to be a great card. Uh, the match we knew already was Takashita versus... Um, Sasaki. The versus versus Sasaki. So far, nothing on it for the title match yet. I assume maybe we might hear something after we see Takashita defend against uh, Jiro, which is coming up, I believe, also on March 30th, right? It's like another day yeah. night combo, another day night combo at Tokyo Joshi. So the same, the, yeah, also on Akata. So the same day that we see the, uh, the Yuko, you know, the Yuko Sakazaki. Uh, title challenge. We'll also see the title challenge for um, for Jiro Ikemen Kirishiro. Um, so that was already announced, but we got all the rest of the matches in one shot. I mean, first of all, the big thing to me that I'm really, really pumped for the Weapon Rumble in USA 
Mao and Shinshiro Takagi. I mean, they fucking killed it last year at was it Peter Pan? Pan. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they're just gonna fucking kill it again here. I'm sure. Uh, we're gonna get all the jokes in English. I won't have to check the DT Pro English feed to to know what the fuck's going on half the time. And yeah, it's just gonna be awesome. I'm just like, they're gonna pull out all the stops for this. I'm I'm quite certain. And you know, it's gonna feel it's good. Like that's to me is like authentic DT. I'm so happy they're doing something like that. And it's gonna be just a crazy match. And you know, they had such great matches last year. I'm very excited. Like this show is stacked because you're getting a rematch from that match that was on Peter Pan last year, the main yeah. event, the biggest Tokyo Joshi show so far this year, and a rematch. Yeah, Miyu the- Yamashita, Miyu yeah. Yamashita versus Maki Ito, which we yeah. covered a little bit, but that that's gonna be incredible too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the rematch from Judgment. Yeah, and then you also have yeah. Yuri returning, right? So, yeah. So let me just go through the rest here. Um, a three-way tag with Hiroshima and Kasusada Higuchi versus Akito and Ethan Page versus Irie and Jason the Gift Kincaid. I also like that all the foreigners on this show are foreigners who've worked in Japan for DZ before. Like, there's nobody that's just like, oh, we booked this motherfucker just because he's here. It's like, they're, no, they're all like actual DDT foreigners. So that part's cool too. Um, but yes, yeah, so Akito and Page, Irie and Kincaid, Irie returns to DDT. For the first time since Peter Pan last year, um, but yeah, this should be awesome. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I, I like Kincaid a lot more than some people, but I still think, you know, that even if you don't, there's enough people in here that this should be good. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I like him at least as a comedy wrestler. You know. Yeah. Uh, Soma Takao and Tetsuya Endo against Yuki Sakaguchi and Masa Takanashi. That'll be your sleeper match of the night. Um, you know, I think. Um, again, I, I'm a little higher on Soma than some people. I think he's been great since he turned heel. Endo, I think most people agree with me. Endo is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yukio is awesome. Masa is awesome. I mean, that that's a lot of awesome in one match. And I think, you know, as far as like another serious match, that's your sleeper match of the show. Um, the Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Delayed Entry Battle Royal. So we get like our traditional Iron Man Battle Royal here. Um, a little bit less competitors than you typically see, but, you know, they can't fly over everybody. Um, the champion right now, Saki Akai, uh, Makoto Oishi, Kazuki Hirata, Yoshihiko, Kikitaro, Kote Boom Boom Cabana, and the Mysterious X, who, hmm. given everybody given everybody that's in Japan, or not in Japan, in New York that weekend, that could be literally anybody. So, yeah. like, who the fuck knows who that will be? That should be sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be more than one X. I don't know. Yeah, that just seems really small for a for a DDT gauntlet, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it could be, but even if it's one X, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. But even you know, just again, that really adds to the authentic DDT feel. Uh, Don Shokudino and Antonio Honda against Joey Ryan and Royce Isaacs. Uh, of all that card, I'm probably the least psyched for this because I don't really care about Joey Ryan or Royce Isaacs. But I mean, Isaacs' butt gimmick is funny, <laughs> so it's fine, I guess. But uh, the, the subtitle of this is um, they're they're really leaning into like the obvious joke of uh, can Dino wrestle like he usually does in America? Like that's like the official subtitle of the match. So really? I don't know if he's I don't know if he's gonna like go to like hump somebody and have the and stop and be like no I can't do this here or what. But it's gonna I think it'll be funny. Yeah, that card looks great. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like we said, Miyu Yamashita, Maki Ito, which I mean, we're getting the main event of the Tokyo Joshi Pro Cork and yeah. like just on this fucking show. 
It's just awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, I I'm really I'm really excited. I uh, can't wait to go to this. It's my most anticipated show of the weekend right now. Sure, yeah. and we'll see. I mean, you have to see what Stardom and New Japan do, but like, you know, I there's a very good chance it might be my most anticipated at the end too. I also I wanted to mention I don't know if you saw this, but um, Sasaki and Somar challenging uh, Moonlight Express for the tag titles at the next Corkin. So yeah, so Is maybe it? maybe they'll pick it up. Bailey is conspicuous by his absence on the DDT America show, especially for well, he he can't get in the country. Oh right, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that's my. Yeah. I wish he was here, but he, yeah. fucking immigration. Go fuck yourself, Donald. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was banned before Donald, but still, yeah. go fuck yourself, but America. Still. That's what I'm saying, but still. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's a DDT an America card. So. Let's wrap this up with the questions. We only got a few, but they were they were fun looking ones. So let's say, um, first of all, I just scroll past an argument. We got tagged in for some reason. Uh, Rich eyed Rich eyed Wardsums, a f- former former guest here. How much wrestling is too much for our podcast? Apparently, not this much. If you blow through some shit and only cover the main matches, we did pretty good. Yeah. And then. Thoughts on El Japan running multiple small arena shows such as Yokohama versus one big arena show such as Sumo Hall and lots of Korokans. Um, I don't know how I feel, but I think I, in some ways I like the Sumo and Korokan one bet, model better because that All Japan Sumo Hall show for two years in a row was like one of my favorite shows of the year. It just had such a great variety of stuff on it and just was really, really fun. Um, I don't really mind the current direction of like Yokohama and... Um, you know, they did a big show in Osaka last year, but I would prefer to go back to Sumo. Yeah, I don't know. It actually might have been your show that mentioned this, but All Japan doesn't really have like a strong number two right now. I'm hoping Nomura could be that guy, but I just think if they ran Sumo Hall, they wouldn't draw as well as they would want to, you know? So I think for now, yeah. this is probably the best strategy, you know? And the Yokohama crowd yeah. was actually really good on this show. I, I forgot to Yeah, mention. finally. Yeah, like you know how much you know how loud they must have had to cheer for the, it to come through on that fucking cavernous building. Yeah, I mean like they must have really fucking into it. Uh, at Oyster's earrings, of course, another former guest is Masao's heel turn. Really, the first heel turn performed by somebody who's already a heel in wrestling history. I thought of one immediately, which was uh, WCW Slambury nineteen ninety eight. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash defend against Sting and the Giant for the WCW tag titles. Scott Hall turned on Nash. I mean, I guess a heel turn for him, but he was already heel, you know? I guess it was more like sort of a babyface turn for Nash, but, like, Hall was the one who turned on him. And, I mean, you can't really call that a heel turn, you know? I mean, that that was it. It was a heel turn by a heel. I mean, he was already a heel. He had never turned babyface. So, I mean, that's a that's a really obvious one that, that pops out. Um, there were a million of those, like, I think in Russo era WCW, right? They do all those fake-out turns. If you want to count those, those like where where every fucking week they do like another guy like oh Scott Steiner and uh fucking Kevin Nash not on the same team no they just beat the shit out of Booker T and like whatever the fuck um that's probably your, think of any that's probably your best yeah. way to find one would be heel tag teams that break up I'm trying to think yeah. of it right now but. yeah I mean I guess you could say like 
I don't know. I mean, I guess Scott Hall turning on, on Nash at Slambury is a good one. Um, like, I don't know. I'm trying to, I can't think of any other ones. I mean, it's pretty rare, obviously, but yeah. uh, well, well, okay. Here's one. Um, we, like guy you mentioned it, earlier in the show, Izuka turning on Yano. Oh, I mean, yeah. Izuka, Izuka was a heel already in, in chaos, like, and, and he one. turned on Yano and joined Suzuki Goon. I mean, that was a heel turning heel. Yep, that's so. that's a good one. I can't, yeah. Uh, same same thing with Yujiro, uh, Yujiro turning on, yeah, turning on Okada to help AJ retain. I mean, like that was the, the weird period where like chaos was like slowly turning baby face, and they they basically just jettisoned the two guys who, I guess, yeah. they just did not have any interest in having baby faces. So you know, Izuka went to uh, went to Suzuki Goon, and Yujiro went to Bullet Club. So. Um, but yeah, those are heel turns by heels. There's, there's two more. Um, maybe, uh, let me think. Was Takashi Sugira a heel before he, t- when he joined Suzuki again? I'm trying to remember. And Noah? I don't know. He might have been, right? I should I know this. I, I'm trying to think. I feel like he wasn't, but I'm not sure. Okay. And then he turned, like, I, I do remember after Suzuki Goon, like, disbanded and had to leave and he like turned on them right he he was like a heel that turned face but then just was still a heel exactly like i remember they he was still like it's the like top heel of the promotion exactly yeah and, and then the crowd just kept him the crowd just kind of turned him face on their own mm-hmm. but um you know it's less less distinct anyway really um but yeah i mean those are some big examples i can think of at the top of my head um you know can you think of any other ones no, you stole my Yujiro one, so... Oh, sorry. That's all good. Um, all right, at Goldberg Rules, at Rules Goldberg, where do you see Kawato slotted when he returns? Any guesses on gimmick packaging faction? Um, I don't know. I, I, these predictions I'm really bad at. Um, you know, there's, like... It's really tough to... to dis- Like, I never would have seen, like, fucking El Desperado coming, so, you know... Like how am I supposed to know that they they're gonna bring back that fucking dude as a you know they're gonna bring him back as a luchador, you know I mean I was, and, and who who's like a first a New Japan roster member then joins Suzuki Goon like you know like six months later didn't see that one coming so who the fuck knows um you know if I had to like absolutely like gun to my head guess you know I think he's gonna be a junior right I mean he's still on the smaller side. On the smaller side, yeah. So I'm thinking of who needs a junior the most. Probably Sekigun needs it, like Hontai, whatever you want to call. It. Yeah. Because like they don't have Kashida anymore, so really the top junior is like Taguchi, which is not you know. Right. I mean, Taguchi, I, I I like Taguchi, but you need another top junior there, really. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, maybe you could say Chaos could kind of use one too, since Osprey's gone, but they still have. You know, actually, who the fuck do they even have? I was like, no. <laughs> wait a second. Maybe he will join Chaos then. I don't yeah. know. I mean, there's, there's so fucking little point now with Chaos and yeah. the main army since they team together anyway. It's like, I think I'll be know. a face at least. That's, that's, you know. Yeah. I mean, Chaos has Rapunky 3K. That's what I'm, what right. I'm thinking yes. of. But like, but like, they're, they're such a, they're a tag team. So it's like a little, mm-hmm. they're going to be busy with that for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, don't, I mean, Lij is definitely good, if, especially if Rumor's coming back. 
um, which it looks like, I mean, Dragon Lee's randomly booked on that anniversary show, yeah. which is really weird. So you think maybe that's a good mm-hmm. chance he comes back there. Somebody did some sort of algorithm or something. <laughs> it came up with the same date as the anniversary show. Yeah. I mean, it just seems too convenient right. now. Once that card came out and Dragon Lee's on it, it's like, well, why would they fly Dragon Lee by himself all the way from Mexico unless, you know, for, for a 10-man tag in Suzuki Goon and match three, unless, like, they were going to have him challenge Hiromu. Maybe for the Garden. I mean, who the hell knows? Uh, um, I mean, that'd be incredible. Um, but, yeah, so, like, you know, as far as, like, you know, they, they're set with with Shingo and Bushi and, and Hiromu. Um, Bullet Club has Taiji, obviously, and and Robbie Eagles when he's there. Mm-hmm. So I think they're they're pretty much set. So I think you would if you're looking at who needs and Suzuki Goon has Desperado and Kanemaru and even Taka to take falls. So you're looking like who really needs the junior, it's probably Hontai, maybe Chaos and Say only they don't have a, a real singles junior star at this point. But I think it's definitely one of those two. I'm gonna guess Hontai. Why not? We haven't had the real I mean, when's the last time a fucking young lion came back and joined the main army? Mm-hmm. It's been like forever, right? Yeah. Cause like you know, Desperado, obviously Desperado joined Suzuki-kun. I mean, I guess he'd be the last one because he, he was in the main army at first before he joined Suzuki-kun. You know, Evil came right back to LIJ. Hiromu came right back to LIJ. Um, you know, Rapungi 3K came back to Chaos. It's just been so long, you know, years and years now, so. And then White went back I to hope. Chaos, yeah. White went back, right, White went, White went, that was the one I forgot. He went right to Chaos, yeah. I mean, other than that, like, weird one where he was like a nothing. But so yeah, I mean it's just uh just an interesting turn of events there. Um and but yeah, oh, I mean we'll yeah. oh sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say he's, I think he's gonna fit like right into that Kushida role probably. Yeah, I mean that's what I think too. I think like they're probably gonna push him as a junior as a junior contender right away, so that would make sense to put him there. Um at Crazy Sports Dude, a great last question. Rank all the shows. So I feel like we can only do this for the ones we saw the full shows of, which were only the Baba Show, the Three New Japan, and Tokyo Joshi. So okay. number one, Tokyo Joshi. Uh, I'd have number one, the Baba Show, just because I love the main event so much. Number two for me, Baba Show. So, And I'd have number two as the Tokyo Joshi. Okay. So then it's down to ranking the Three New Japan shows. Um, I mean, to me, fucking the New Japan Road is like a retirement show was number three. That was a legitimately fun show. Um, and then Honor Rising Night won number four because at least it had like the, the good like opening three matches. And Honor Rising Night 2 as your oh boy special <laughs> of the week. Not a good show at all. If so. like the Honor Rising Night 1 main event was decent, I could see it putting number could see putting it number three, but I'd have to go with the same three, four, five as you. Yeah. Just hated that main event. <laughs> it was really bad. It was really quite not very good. But all right. So oh, I wanted to mention right before we go, since we were talking about the New Japan shows, people were talking about Jay White kind of filling into the Omega story and he uh really keeping that up by skipping the three New Japan Corkins. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I wonder if we'll just skip the whole New Japan Cup tour too. That would be like a Another great way to show that he's a new caddy. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Kenny, we can re- go full circle. Kenny, 
I hope your fucking apex, whatever the fuck. Straight one go. I mean, people freak the fuck. If you look at the replies, I'm gonna go. Ready? Uh, first reply: You're an ass. <laughs> Next reply from Boss Maz. Actually, I think are we still mutuals? Did he unfollow me? Let's find out. Because I always get the unfollowers. Oh, he did not unfollow me. There you go. Shout out to Boss Maz. He didn't unfollow me. <laughs> Maybe wait like 15 minutes, bud. Next guy, the the gif. The dude at the Oscars doing the, uh, uh, another guy. Really, bro, horrible timing. Vitamin G, not great timing. Certified jobber. The elite is just a shield for, you know, who never touched a teddy. Um, <laughs> just keeps going. A lot of cringe. Who cares? Roman is back. Timing, not a good look. Kind of a big home moment happening right now, pal. And then my favorite one, a picture of Kermit the Frog standing there. Oh. With with the fucking the hook coming for him. I was looking so. Uh. <laughs> so there you go, Ken- Kenny. Maybe you should have started the stream like 15 minutes earlier, but it would have been. <laughs> Say you're going live at 7:45. It wouldn't have been. Uh, oh, he brings even even while he's just gaming, he brings great joy to the Twitter timeline. So <laughs> shout out to Kenny. Shout out to Kenny. <laughs> and the Kenny Kenter thing that Joe Lanza brought upon us. But it was uh, people really got angry about that. It was, yeah. it was something. It was all right. So why don't you go ahead and plug, plug your Twitter, buddy? <laughs> at Rastlin Ratings on Twitter, um, the best handle. <laughs> on the uh, best handle. Yeah, and then I do write for Voice of Wrestling. I do the DDT shows. Uh, I did Big Japan's one two show. That was really fun. I love that show. So that's probably what I'll do in the future. But We'll see. Whatever's not reviewed in the world of Piero, that's probably going to be me. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like doing reviews really. I've I never really liked doing written reviews. I'm more of like a preview person. But mm-hmm. it's been good having that kind of content on the site. The written reviews of DDT and all that good stuff that no one covers really. So, um, I mean, we're we're really just like for reviews. It's like New Japan is obviously very well covered, and then like. WWE behaviors and that's really it. So and Ring of Honor actually, Sean always does all the Ring of Honor shows. But speaking of Ring of Honor, I guess. But so that'll wrap things up here. Uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at Wrestle Omakase. Wrestling would not fit. Uh, we'll be back next week with. Uh, we're gonna try something cool, something spe- new. Um, since people seem really into the 32 man New Japan Cup field, it'll be the week of New Japan Cup kicking off. Uh, we're going to do like a live pick them. So basically have like a round table of guests and like we'll each give our picks like match by match, you know, through the whole first round. And then like with our own bracket, like basically filling out our bracket live on the air. So it's like an experiment I want to try. Maybe it'll be interesting. Maybe it won't be fun at all. <laughs> we'll see. You never know till you try. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to give that a shot next week. I already have a few guests lined up for it. Um, Looks like maybe David McDonald from the Super J cast will be on it. Um, maybe Sue Williams from this very website. Maybe Andy Labar. Some cool dudes. Uh, we'll see who else we get on. Maybe think of like four or five people. So I'm pretty into it. And, and we'll, you know, I think a lot of people. And I'm surprised the New Japan Cup reaction in general. I mean, like, that was the nicest I can ever remember the Enochiest, like, corner of Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm cool to a lot of those guys. And I, you know, I know not everybody is, but you know, that that was like the the most I've ever seen them on Twitter 
like like, crazy. like a like a new Japan thing and like years and years. So like people just seemed into the idea of doing like double the tournament and like getting the dads in there and everything and doing Nagata Ishii in the first round. So like Tanahashi Umino, that sounds awesome. Yeah, Tanahashi Umino. I mean, you know, Naito Abushi in the first round, which is kind of crazy. And I don't know, it just feels it's people are a little more positive about New Japan these days since the elite's not there no more for one. But even for that, you know, it's just a little, you know, it's a little more, uh, little more positive they've seen people be in a while, except for a few certain WWE stands. They were not happy with, uh, with Double in the Field. I mean, look, once that fucking tour came out, it's like you really want to see like it would have been one one match per card, and it would have been fucking terrible. Like this this way, we get four matches per show for like the first four shows. You know, you, you can skip the undercards and just watch four matches a day and, and four tournament matches, and then you get two a day for the rest. I mean, that's pretty cool. So Yeah, I'm a big fan of the 32, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I mean, we'll go all, we'll really get into it next week, obviously, but I'm pretty into it too. And we'll get, we'll preview the whole thing and, you know, really get into it. But all right. For, uh, thank you for coming on, buddy. Uh, definitely have to have you back on again. And thank you at all, as always, at home for listening. And we'll see you next week. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.